Stop worrying about it and just do it. And there will come a point in this game where Kirby will be faced with that decision. And, and frankly, the win-loss decision might be made there. Georgia Bulldogs just completed an 11-1 regular season. They're currently at number four in the college football playoff rankings and set to face off against the prohibitive favorite LSU Tigers in Atlanta on Saturday. If you listen to the national media, the dogs have no chance at even staying on the field versus future Heisman Trophy winner Joe Burrow in the electric LSU offense. However, with a world-class defense, strong special teams, and an offense of their own that has shown flashes throughout this year, one out of three podcasters on this episode think the dogs will in fact reign victorious and hoist the 2019 SEC Championship Trophy. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you're listening to episode 214 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. This is a long one, as it probably should be for a game so pivotal for the dogs and the national college football scene. I'm joined today by my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, as we break down what Kirby and the team must do in order to pull off the upset versus Coach O and the Tigers. And special thanks to our co-host, Will Leach. You may know that Will is a contributing editor for New York Magazine, a columnist for MLB.com. He's the author of four books and the founder of Deadspin, and he has written his yearly WSLSpodcast.com article about the SEC championship game and how it affects Georgia. You should go check it out, and it'll be linked in the show notes of this episode. Okay, let's just jump on into it because we need to. And without any further delay, here's Tony to get us started. Guys, we have LSU on Saturday, and um, I don't want to steal too much thunder out of what Will's um, 10,000-word polemic he wrote today. For the record, uh, you can find that. We just start to get that right now. You yep. can go to WSLSpodcast.com. I, if you may remember, last year, every year really, you speak for Sports on Earth when I wrote for Sports on Earth. We're the new Sports on Earth. Yeah, well, that is true. You certainly have a more sustainable business model. <laughs> um, and the uh, uh, I do a big kind of state of the fan base big, and going into a big game. And we can talk about I, – I, I, I just encourage everyone to read it. And I do think it can perhaps help frame our conversation uh, a little bit. But uh, I, it's, it's only like 3,000 words actually. It's not too – maybe like 2,700 words this year, which is shorter than it's been in the past. It's very well written, of course. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not, a professional. He, he is a professional. But, uh, but yeah, he, he does go through the micro and the macro viewpoint from this season. And you know, by the end – you're ready to kind of run through a wall, I think. Which is always the goal was. of those, I have to say. And it was more of a challenge this year. Yeah. I have to tell you, maybe that's a good uh, good way to frame the conversation. Is Scott, Tony, are you... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's yeah. like, I think you know one of the hard, hardest parts, and we have spent a lot of time talking about this, and Will, you especially have keyed on this a lot, um, this season feels different. Yeah. Uh, and Not bad. Not bad. Just different. Just different. Right. And... Um, so let me let me propose that we we spend some time talking about that. We definitely want to get into some game analysis because um, I don't think there's any surprise that um, Georgia has gone. Well, there's, these are facts. Georgia's gone from three and a half to now to seven and a half. The, the line has moved, which means a lot of money is flowing to LSU. And I've not read your piece, right, but right. I, I, I have an idea what your thesis is. Um, you know, I would be interested to hear kind of what the really shorthand version of of that, just because. I find myself more and more being in the camp that, am I the only person having fun? I looked at it for two, uh, two different reasons why this season has felt different. One is the micro, just simple game to game. The games themselves, individually speaking, have either not been thrilling, 
have either been disappointing or had absolutely miserable weather. Whether it was the uh, whether it was the Murray State game, which was a hundred million degrees, whether it was it was Kentucky, which is obviously a horrible rainstorm, or Texas A and M, which just rained in the first half, but it was dreary and miserable, and everyone was wet for the second half. A game that wasn't that exciting either. I basically fell on the edge of the Arkansas State game and the Georgia Tech game were like the only yeah. really like truly lovely. Well, that you that you attended because you were talking yeah. about how you didn't I attend. Went to, I've been to nine of the twelve games this year. I didn't go to Tennessee, Florida, or Auburn. Those are three I did not go to. And then you can argue, make an argument. Maybe those were three of the best games. I just picked the wrong nine to go to. But I tried to look at it on like particularly the home games. Notre Dame was obviously the big one, but I feel like Notre Dame was almost too much. I think I argued this when we did the podcast the next day. I felt like generally speaking. It was just so amped up, and people were out all day. And, it was and just, the stadium was full 45 minutes before kickoff. Yeah, and like there was the thing with the students and, uh, and, and not mm-hmm. being able to get their seats and just and, and fake tickets and just all. It felt like dialed up so high that I've even made, I think I made this argument in the South Carolina show uh, when we previewed that game. It feels like everyone is still recovering a little bit from the Notre Dame game. And that was, I wouldn't say it was unpleasant. I think certainly I will remember what those lights looked like on those Notre Dame helmets in the, at the beginning of the, the fourth quarter forever. That's one of my kind of lasting memories of Sanford Stadium. But I think on a micro level, the games themselves have not been either pleasant to like be physically be at or exciting or both. I think they've been more gut wrenching and frustrating at times. Yeah. Even when they're winning, even when yeah, they're sure. even when they're sure. in control, which is something we've talked about a ton on this podcast. Times where you never think Georgia's going to lose. Think about the fourth quarter against Auburn. Yeah, I mean, honestly, though, I will say there is. It's worth noting there's been all these close games. There's only been one game all year. I thought, oh man, they're gonna they get a real chance to lose this game. And it was South Carolina. And they lost. <laughs> it was South Carolina. Even, even when George was ahead and felt like they should have won, yeah. that, that was one that felt different than the other ones. But more to the point, it doesn't have that 2017 thrill. But to be, fa- to be fair, you called it in 2017. How many times did we say it on this podcast? Hey, guys, it's not going to be like this yeah, next year. This the is the newness fun. Is, this is, yeah. And so, and, but as I also point out in the piece, however, if you could transport this season and put it on 2017 – We'd be having a blast. Yep. We'd be having a blast. We'd be so excited. Heck, we even get to play in the SEC championship game and not have to play Alabama. Look how wonderful everything's going. So I think that we would a, almost call that a break. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? We yeah. would almost oh, call that. Yeah. Although in seventeen we played Auburn, right. but right. in I frankly thought that we got a break that year. Yeah. And so, I, so anyway, so that, that's that. I try to remind everyone to keep in their own perspective on that. But I do think on a micro level. Just the games themselves have not been the joyous experiences we've seen in 2017, or even at the excitement of the LSU game in 2013, or so on and so forth, uh, as we would. Then the macro thing, and the macro thing really comes into really the things we've been talking about this podcast ever since we got here, ever since we started it. The uh, the, the 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 end of the Georgia way, uh, trying to make uh, Georgia into the new Alabama. And one of the things I kind of tried to hit on in the piece is the idea that Kirby Smart was obviously brought in to be 2009 Alabama through science or magic and, uh, and to, to turn them into the crockpotting, stick their feet in the air. And that's happened. But it's worth noting that, like, no one was bored of that with Alabama until they'd already won a title. Like Alabama had won a title and then people were getting sick of Alabama and they were getting kind of tired of Alabama and this is what they do and their games aren't that exciting. But they had already won that first year. I mean, Alabama fans were excited. I always relate it to 2004 Red Sox or the, or the 2002 Super Bowl Patriots. We will, none of us will admit it now. 
but we thought it was cool when they won. And, and I know Georgia fans won't say, wow, we were, we were happy when Alabama won. But when they won that first title, it was a cool story. It was a football powerhouse that had not won a title in a long time, that had this exciting young-ish coach, which he was at the time, uh, bringing luster back. Alabama had won that title, and then it became this drudging thing that everyone's kind of sick of. What's interesting about Georgia is, nationally speaking, everyone's rooting against Georgia. Nobody wants Georgia to win this game. Nobody thinks that Georgia... Uh, everyone, everyone has begrudging respect for Georgia, but as we talked about with Dan Rubenstein on the solid verbal, no one wants to see them in the championship game. They don't want to see two SEC teams. There's a sense that people are sick of Georgia... But Georgia fans, as usual, are getting the bad of both sides of it because people are sick of us. And also, they haven't, we haven't won a title yet, which is like and, – and so I think that that speaks to the idea that Kirby Smart is running the team like Alabama was back then. But Alabama could do that. The, the, Alabama didn't need to impress anyone because they'd already won a title. And there was no – there was less impatience because they had won one, and therefore they could build on that rather than what George is doing, which is trying to get that first one. And so therefore, when you combine the not as much fun as 2017, which few seasons are going to be, um, and the game's not being that exciting, and the idea, the last part of this, is that LSU is having their 2017 season. LSU is having what Georgia had two years ago. Um, There is a sense that... This doesn't feel like our year, or maybe it does not uh, with the injuries and, and, and everything, everything else, which is – and the thing I try to bring it all back around to is no one will mem- remember any of this if they win the next three games. <laughs> like, they are in that position yeah. right now that like the joy that – you like it's – people can complain about the team itself not being as exciting and the offense not being as good and from not being as good. But like – Part of the joy you bring to this is your own. And part of this is the idea that if you're going to be a fan of this team, you don't want to be caught behind. And the fact is, for whatever frustrations people may have had with this team this year, and, whatever, all the, and the fact that there was booing and how annoying it was that the team acted like it, they were booing Jake Fromm when no one was, was booing Jake Fromm, uh, and just kind of the general kind of stubbornness of, of, the, of the coaching staff and, and, the, and kind of the program in general, um, it, Georgia is still in the place that everyone would desperately want them to be. And what I tried to do is get everyone to like, okay, now it's like our turn to get, like, get excited about this because they are here. And if they win on Saturday, they're going to be in the playoff. And I'm not going to give two craps about the South Carolina game. I agree with that 100%. And I think the second thing working against Georgia here is the top teams all are much more fun, meaning offensively. Um, you know, you have a situation where um, LSU is doing <laughs> Oklahoma things and Ohio State is doing Oklahoma things. Oklahoma is doing Oklahoma things. <laughs> In a lot of ways, Oklahoma is doing what Ohio State is doing. <laughs> it's just on a little smaller scale because they went and got Alex Grinch to be their defensive coordinator. Um, even Alabama is an offensively oriented football team now. Uh, and those are all good things. We talked about this last week, the change in uh, offensive philosophy. And will Georgia have to change that? That's a whole other debate for a different yeah, we'll, we'll get That's an April podcast. But, um, you oh, know, oh. yeah, right. Well, he's available. And, is, he? Um, is he fired? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but he's not fired yet. He's fired. Bigly. No, he's fired. He's fired bigly. But, um, but they've I, already. I think, written, I think South Carolina is going to go after him first. They've, so yeah, they've already written him a check. Yeah. Um, the question is whether this is going to be like this, like the Kirby Smart situation, where Georgia hears that South Carolina is going after a guy, and therefore feels like they have to uh, get themselves uh, yeah. and get the guy. 
Um, Goes full circle. So the and then Muschamp could be the defensive coordinator. Yeah, right. No, <laughs> Lanning is just fine. Uh, no, screw that guy. Um, okay, I'm all for taking his diploma away. Um, which gets to my kind of my last point about this. We could be at LSU Saturday. I don't give a shit what people think. Yeah. And frankly, they can all kiss kiss my ass because I don't care. I don't care. Like, and I mean, I'm, I have said it since. Yeah. I've said it since September. I remain. I will watch the sunrise on Bourbon Street if Georgia wins. I don't care if they win the next three games and only score nine points. And for the I'm record, fine with that. I do think fans will. Like I, I do. I think fans will too. But I think, and I, I also think that part of fandom is not having to apologize for not being on board entirely the way that you are. And listen, we've been doing this. Probably, we kind of care about the team. I went to nine out of the twelve freaking games. Like I'm here, and I, and so you know, I don't think that fans should have to apologize for not being. But and also, frankly, objectively speaking. It hasn't been as exciting as the last It has not been as exciting. And I, but I'll, the last thing I'll say, and then we can start talking about whatever we're going to talk about. I think there's a little bit of defense mechanism going on among Georgia fans. Oh, yeah. Um, that, oh, we're just, we're, well, we're good, but we're not great. And, you're, you know, per, you're guarding your heart. You're guarding your heart. Um, that's fine. That's all well and good. I think this is um, what was happening going into the SEC championship game last year as well. Uh, yeah, I think it was. Well, I think, think it about was. it. Georgia was a 12-point dog to Alabama last year. Yeah. And they had that game won. Yeah, until Walker went which, out. which gets me, which gets me to kind of, kind of maybe transition into talking about this football game. Is that I spent a lot of time over Sunday afternoon and some today looking at stats and looking at LSU's games. I'm nervous about this game in the same way I was nervous about the Alabama game last year because clearly LSU can score points, um, but I'm also not of the opinion that. I should just sell my tickets and not go uh, because I, it's a foregone conclusion what's going to happen. And there is a non-zero possibility that this game will go very differently than um, virtually everyone that has predict, predicted it. I've seen a lot of scores out there other than people in the you know super homers on, on Georgia's message boards and whatnot. I mean, people that are knowledgeable have used the terms, Georgia's going to get murdered. <laughs> I, I mean, is that within the range? Sure, of course it is. It's also in the range that LSU gets beat by 20. And I, I think anybody that doesn't acknowledge that hasn't listened or watched or paid attention to Georgia's defense this year. Um, I, I was listening, I was listening to PAPN, and you know I, I love Richard Johnson. I love Stephen Godfrey. But they almost out of hand dismissed Georgia's chances against any of the top three teams. And then the very next thing they did, spent five minutes talking about how good Utah's defense is. <laughs> I, that's fine. You can frame it. It's your, your show. You can frame that narrative how you want to. But if you think somehow Georgia's defense has been feasting on whatever it is they're feasting on, they've held a couple of teams that have scored a lot of points otherwise yeah. uh, to no points. They've given up one rushing touchdown um, all season. I mean, they nearly showed an Auburn team that just scored 41 points, 46, however many points. Yeah, on Alabama. And, and most importantly to me, is that they have done, they've reflected, frankly, what we hired Kirby Smart to do, which is to come in and control football games on the defensive side of the ball. And you led off this conversation talking about Kirby Smart. We hired him away to be 2009 Alabama. Almost a mission accomplished. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, too. One of the one things, here's a, here's a question when we talk about Georgia's offense. What offenses in the SEC right now Talent-wise, not operating at peak efficiency, but talent-wise, and we'll talk about whether Swift's around and Pickens and so on. Would you want more than Georgia's right now? 
Alabama, LSU. Maybe not. Yeah, Alabama. 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 LSU. That's it. That's the list. And like, and listen to me. That's actually kind of an indictment of the coaching staff. The idea that there's been so many points in it feels it's like the people. The reason people are angry. The people. The reason people were booing the coaching staff and not Jake Fromm is because there's enough talent on this offense. I mean, let's not forget if you go back and don't do this, by the way, if you go back and listen to our preview shows for this team, all of our questions were, is this defense going to be good enough? The offense was not what we were. We were a little worried about the receivers, but the offensive line was going to be so awesome. How many, there were so many running backs. All the running backs were going to be great, and obviously Fromm was going to be incredible. He's going pro next year. How many uh, podcasts did you call for the air raid on? I mean, <laughs> early in the season. <laughs> because they had the talent for it, right? Like, that was the whole idea. We know they can score a bunch of points. And, and, and again, this also might be a sign for future offenses of Georgia to be like, let's stop holding things in check. Let's stop pretending. That's like, oh, no, we're going to save it for the big games. And next thing you know, it's like week 11 in the offense. Well, did you hear uh, Tyler Simmons was quoted this week in media availability? Some, I think it was Logan Booker asked him about the offense, and he kind of snickered saying, oh, there's still plays that we haven't run. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I believe him. I bet it's really annoying when you're a wide receiver and you're that fast. When you, you're like, oh, yeah, seriously, we have a ton of plays where I just outrun people. We just never that's, call them. That's true. Um, yeah, you do bring up an interesting point is in part of maybe part of the malaise uh, that Georgia fans feel is there have been a lot of points left yeah. out on the field. Um, you know, it's it's not you know, SP plus uh, stats came out. Uh, Georgia's number one on defense, Georgia number one on special teams, despite. Don't tell Dabo he'll get angry. Um, well, we can. I have to say it's been a very pleasant week. It, for, it's, for, it's, for, 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 for Dabo haters. It's been a really, really long Well, He no got one, mocked on the ranking show today. Yes, did you he see did. that? Yeah, no, one, no yeah. one's believed in us. You've been ranked first or second all season. Shut up. Yeah. You've won two of the last three titles. Shut, Shut up. up. But, you know, here's the thing, which gets back to this. Coaches only talking to their players or recruits. That's who they're, they're not talking to anybody, which we need to remember that about Kirby, which is an interesting thing about his – change in tenor of how he was discussing what the offense looks like as opposed to things are fine, we just need to execute too. Yeah, there's some things that we're not doing what we should be doing. Come play with us. Right. <laughs> and, um, you know, we have left a lot of points on the board uh, either because we have not been able to not move the ball when we should have, uh, which has resulted in Jacob Marta having a fantastic season. Um, and also settle for field goals at times when we should be scoring. I mean, I didn't look up the stat, and I'm sure Jim Wood probably could look it up because he's he looks up every stat, but how many games have we started up 3 nothing? You know, that first drive, I think it was against Tech. We started 3 nothing against Texas A&M, 3 nothing. It is also worth noting, too, that imagine what is Georgia 11-1 if they don't have an All-American kicker? Probably. I mean, are they? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I don't. I don't. He's bailed them out of a lot. I mean, I mean, again, everybody drink. Seth Emerson pointed this out in the idea that like Georgia is, I think, first in the country, second in the country, and converting in the red zone. Yes. but it's all second. field goals. Well, it's twenty-seven percent, or twenty-nine percent field goals. But I mean, is far more field goals than right. you want out of an elite team. Right, right. They're bogging down on the twenty-seven, and he's kicking long field goals. Well, you know, it does bring up a good chicken and egg question. If you don't have Rodrigo. Do you go for that? Do right, you right, go right, for it? Right, right, right. Do you make that third down play call a little more aggressive? Right, right, right. Which gets back to Kirby's philosophy, right? Do First, do no harm. Yeah. Um, well, who's the kicker next year? 
Yeah, not not <laughs> Rodrigo. By the way, go vote for Rodrigo. Um, he is a finalist for the Lou Groza Award. Is it completely a fan vote? No, no. The, okay. They get the, the the fan vote gets one vote on the committee. So essentially, whomever they they give one vote to that person. That does bring up another interesting point. If there's ever a game where you're going to say screw it, throw the kitchen sink at him. You do it here mm-hmm. because you. I mean, you I would hope so. And, and the only way, the only way you don't is if you start out the first drive. You literally you start your first drive and you're able to run the ball down LSU's throat. Yeah. I don't think we can do that. Yeah. But you're able. And to then do they that. three and out, or something. and then they three and out. Yeah. At that point, you can say we might be onto something. Um, but there will come a point in this game. I'm, I'm fully convinced because look, LSU's. I mean, they're they're okay defensively. They're not they're not elite. They're not. Terrible. They're good. They were good against Texas A&M. They were good against the best defensive game of the year. Yes, Um, but I I think you end up with a situation where, at some point in this game, and we've seen it every game, we're just like, just just do the thing one time. Stop worrying about it and just do it. Um, And there will come a point in this game where Kirby will be faced with that decision. And and frankly, the win loss decision might be made there. The crazy thing about it, when you do look at the stats on percentage or rankings of defense or offense for both teams, it really is good on good and okay on okay, meaning LSU's offense and Georgia's defense is ranked about the same in their respective categories and vice versa. The Georgia offense and LSU defense is both mediocre, where LSU's scoring offense ranks second in the nation, Georgia's ranks 40th. LSU's scoring defense ranks 31st in the nation. Georgia's ranks second. So it's good on good and okay versus okay. So I think there is a chance to almost have a stalemate for a time. And then you look for the crazy special teams play. You look for one of those pick sixes like Tim Jennings had against LSU in the 2005 SEC championship game. You know, Georgia was an underdog in 05 versus LSU and beat them, I think, 34 to 14. They yeah. came out slinging it. DJ Shockley threw. Sean Bailey caught two touchdown passes. He was not setting the world on fire before that. So you could sit here and analyze the statistics six ways till Sunday. Uh, even the kickers are pretty even. So LSU is the number one, number two team in the nation. They're about a seven or eight point favorite. It makes sense. Yeah, and you bring up the the when you look at the stats. I went back and looked at SP plus. LSU has faced tougher defenses this season than George has faced offenses. We faced backup quarterbacks a lot this season. Um, third-string quarterbacks. Um, sometimes third-string quarterbacks. Although, Lynn, I, again, it might be an adoptment against uh, Stoops that Lynn Bowden was not starting all season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, because I, their, their offense became dynamic. And, I mean, his – his worst game of the season was against Georgia, but once they figure out what they had, yeah. they got really dynamic yeah. offensively, which just leads me to say that I hear what you're saying, Scott, about his strength on strength, totally strength on strength. But again, there will come a point where um, whether it's special teams or Georgia's offense has to do something or LSU's defense has to do something, um, this game is probably not going to be won because – LSU's offense just lights up Georgia's defense, or Georgia's defense stifles LSU's offense. I don't think that's where that's where the game will change. I think the game will change where where you have a matchup somewhere else, and whether it's a special teams play one way or another or, or what. I think that remains to be seen. Although, if it comes down to kicking, I feel good about Georgia's chances. Um, one last thing I want to I want to think about too is that Ed Orgeron has done something that 
I have maybe advocated for Kirby to do, which is let go and let offense, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, you know, Ed Orgeron was, uh, was fired from Ole Miss because he kept a death grip on his team. He kept a death grip on the offense and defense. The word out of Southern Cal was that he, uh, despite him being beloved by them as the, his, his time as interim coach, um, he was not willing to just step away from the offense and say, you know what, go get me some points. I'll make sure you go do this. Go do that. Go do, go your... do that offense. Shit. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm still not convinced Kirby hasn't done that. Um, but it has turned out really well for Ed Ordron. I mean, Ed Ordron really is now a corporate CEO type coach, right? He's the face of the organization. He comes out and makes some really awesome quotes and post game interviews. Um, he, you know, he organizes things and makes sure the money continues to flow to the, uh, the football program at, at LSU. Um, but he hired Joe Brady away from the Saints to coordinate the passing offense, and he convinced Dave Miranda, I'm sorry, Steve Ensminger, um, that this was the right move and it was good for both their careers to do it. Um, he was right. And he <laughs> was right. And Joe Brady about to get paid. I'm telling you. And I think a lot of that money is going to come from LSU. I don't think he's going somewhere, but Tom Herman's stepping around for him. Um, would not be surprised in the least if he gets some Texas place. is back. You forgot all that. Uh, Texas is back looking for an offensive coordinator. Um, and they... Uh, I mean, LSU plays Texas next year. Yes, LSU does play Texas next year. Well, they played them this year too. Yeah. You know, somebody is going to to make a run at Joe Brady, and if Ed Orgeron has any sense whatsoever, he figures out a way to pay him a lot more money. Um, and then, of course, there's always the X factor of probable husband trophy winner Joe Burrow. I, I, mean, I don't think it's, it's probable at this point. Well, I'm mean, just saying we 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 won't, we won't know until the 14th, but. Um, and not just that, but I mean, like, I have to say, him changing, him doing the nameplate thing, dude. If, if he is, he that is so good. That he's so ruled. good. <laughs> like, right, that was say, amazing. That, I don't know if you've seen this. If you haven't seen it, it there's a video on it. So his last name is. It's Burrow. also in my story. In my story is it, video. Um, his last name is Burrow. Um, B o r o w. Right. A standard. No. B u r r o w. B u r o. It's not like a donkey burrow or like a wheelbarrow. Yeah. So, but for senior night. He asked the equipment managers to sew a jersey with the traditional Acadian spelling of Burrow. B-U-R-R-A-E-U-X. No, a couple X. Yeah, X. I don't know. It was, an, it was, a, it was an ellipse, ellipse um, or something. Um, I mean, they didn't just do that. He did it on senior night. On senior night. It was amazing. Did he it was wear really that cool. throughout the game? No, he can't. Okay. No, he's not allowed to do that. Okay. But he came uh, out. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Yeah. and Because he came out because when they announced the seniors, mm-hmm. that's when oh, he came out. Scott. Scott. We can't have fun. Please, seriously. Um, this is a real serious thing, and the NCAA has no way to capitalize on that if he <laughs> – although I'm sure somebody somewhere saw him. I guarantee you they win the national championship this year. That jersey is going to sell a hell of a lot better than the <laughs> that, that, yes. that jersey will sell forever. The, the, the one that spelled like a donkey or The point is, that, like, this is what you want, right? This is what – like, this is a dude that's going to be the number one pick in the draft next year. Yeah. He is going to win the Heisman <clears> Trophy. Uh, he has been here for a long. He's like gone through some of the bad stuff here. He, remember, the, I don't know how I don't know how state let that guy get away. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, like remember heading into the LSU game last year. It's not like we we're like, well, you got to stop. No, like no, like and he had a great game. Oh, that, way, that was his coming out party. Of course. Well, he was he was fifteen to thirty yeah. for two hundred yards and had a run for fifty nine yards to kind of. Put the nail in the coffin, but you know he was pedestrian throughout yeah. the game. No, I mean, he made the right throws. Yeah, and, they, and once they got Brady in there, they figured they got the right guy. Mm-hmm. The point is, is like that's what you want. This is to me what college football is at its peak is kind of what's happening with LSU this year, and really what happened with Georgia two years ago, which is a team like that 
for uh, that whole area is in so in love with this team. So he's there, Sony and Nick. He yeah, he is there. He's I mean, he's a couple steps away from being the Herschel Walker. Yeah. to be honest, and I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. and and I think that like they he is so he's almost their Billy Cannon. Yeah, <laughs> he's, I would almost call him their Kurt Kittner. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, anyway, the point is that like I'm, I'm one of my good friends, uh, Brett Dykes, or the Cajun Boy on Twitter. He's editor chief of Up Rocks for a long time, big media guy. Uh, he lives in New Orleans. We saw him when we went to the game last year, and he's kind of like the unofficial mayor of the quarter. <laughs> like everybody, everybody knows uh, him, and like he's he's like we've never like there's never been an LSU player that they love more than him. Like they, they, he is on record saying like this is this is the guy that like this season has been. The year for them. Obviously, they've won championships. They've won them a title. They won one. They've won one before. But this year feels like that. What we felt seventeen was, and uh, and that is on one hand, that is a uh, a big thing. <laughs> and uh, and I and I'm curious when we get into the actual like looking at the game uh, itself with what we think the fan makeup is going to be in the stands at this game. I'm actually pretty curious about that. My guess is this is going to, uh, it feels, I'm curious, Tony, what do you think? I think it's going to be slightly Georgia. You uh, think so? Well, yeah. So I guess the prevailing theory, and I think I subscribe to this theory is LSU is either playing in Atlanta again yeah. in three weeks or they're playing in Phoenix yeah. regardless. Right. So why they'll save your money? Again. Yeah. Why, why blow their nut here? Yeah. Um, so I think there is, there is some of that. I mean, the ticket prices are the lowest of the, yeah. of the three SEC championship games. I mean, ticket prices are almost to face value now. Um, um, secondary market, and I have a feeling they'll go lower tomorrow uh, because I think schools release mm-hmm. tickets. I know, I know, we get our tickets tomorrow. Um, release tickets tomorrow, uh, and I have a feeling that that market will drop even more. I am so bad at buying secondhand tickets. Uh, I get but, too excited, and I just want I, my tickets in my hand. Right, and there, and that's but that's why yeah. stuff exists, right? You, but there is also an, a level of safety for you, and you yeah. enjoy. Uh, you have your ticket. You've had your ticket. I don't worry about know. this now. You don't have to worry about this. Now. I mean, sure, I paid $67,000 for each ticket. But, but I didn't know. Right. I didn't know it was going to be this high, and now yeah. the kids don't get to go to college. Yeah. College. Well, college is overrated. It's, it's bubbles about it. Aren't we sitting near each other? You're in 301. 301? Yeah. I'm in 301 row four. Did you get your ticket, Scott? I think I'm in 306. Yeah. You, What's your row? You get your Six? Tickets. Oh, yeah. Get so your we are, we are yeah. not far from each other. Yeah, I don't know where I'm sitting yet, that, unless they've released the tickets tonight, and I haven't looked. Um, so I, I think it's probably going to slide. It's going to skew Georgia. And certainly it's a higher, I mean, the urgency level is obviously higher for Georgia. Yeah, it means more. <laughs> it means more. Um, by the way, go ahead and dismiss any theories you have about what well, doesn't really matter. LSU, they're not going to try it. No, no, that matters. It's, it's SEC championship. Um, also, uh, if LSU, LSU wins this game, they stand a chance of being the one seed, which means they do not have to face Clemson or Ohio State. If they win convincingly over Georgia, they will be the number one yeah. seed. Yeah, I mean, all the rest of the uh, – look, this yeah. uh, SP Plus and line-wise, this is the closest to the Power Five matchups. Um, no, even, clearly this is the best co- the, of, the, of the conference championship games. Yes. And this plus, Ohio State's best. already beat Wisconsin once this year. Right. Yeah. They've, already beat, they've already beat Wisconsin once. Oklahoma's already beat Baylor once. Uh I don't think Utah and Oregon have played, but Utah is a prohibitive yeah. favorite there. Well, I mean, the point is the the, the, the best underdog right. in all of the conference championship games is by far Georgia. Yeah. So you, yeah, you come out and not smoke. the biggest, but the best. The underdog. best. Right, the best. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the one, highest rate. It's one versus four. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, Ohio State is what 
three versus eight. Yeah, I think I think they ended up nine. Or nine? nine yeah, and yeah, yeah it's just yeah, and Clemson's playing their first ranked school basically this yeah. year. Yeah. Um, so it, barely. I mean, I mean, look, you. There is no doubt whatsoever this game means something to LSU. Uh, if for no other reason, they haven't won a conference championship in eleven years. Yeah. Um, South Carolina has been in this game since I have. Um, I've been, and I'm I've in been, the older derision. I, yeah. You heard my voice. I will say, um, you know, the best thing that could have happened to the playoff this year is Georgia losing to South Carolina. Imagine how this all feels if Georgia and LSU are both undefeated going. This, this is just game. a seed game. It's just a seed game. Because this one versus and two. And everyone already assumes that Ohio State and Clemson are already in. Yep. So, like, it would mean nothing if yeah. Georgia had no It's a one versus Taylor. two. Yeah. That's all it is. It's a one versus two, and really you're seeing which team is going to be three instead of two. Yeah. I mean, like, how the ranking show would have been boring for yeah. after, after, after Georgia beat Auburn. I'm glad you brought this up because we were three weeks ago. We, meaning the national, any college football fan, were tying themselves in knots about what was going to happen. How was this, and all this stuff, you know, what, and the what about Alabama thing. Um, these things have a way of working themselves out. Um, there is likely to be, if Georgia wins, there are likely to be some nat- wailing and gnashing of teeth about two SEC teams being in. For what it's worth, I don't see how you leave out LSU unless Georgia just houses them. Yeah, I don't even see how you It's not going to happen. Yeah. I agree with you. I just don't say you do it. Uh, I think the only way, the only way one of those three teams gets out is if Clemson loses to Virginia. I think if Clemson loses to Virginia, they're out. out. I honestly do believe that. I don't think there's any chance of that happening, though I love that quarterback. I love Virginia's quarterback. He'll be gone when we play him next year, won't he? Bryce Perkins? Yes. Um, Because he's sweet. He is sweet. Um, so, you know, yeah, he was like Arizona State transfer, right? Didn't he, didn't he come? Yeah, that's right. He was. Yeah, he transferred yeah. from somewhere. Right. Um, so, right. you know, I don't see I any mean, luck. If chalk holds, it's probably Utah in that game. Um, I don't have any disagreement with that. To no, be honest. not at all. Not like, at all. I, I think Oklahoma State, if, if they played Utah, I feel like. Oklahoma. I pro- I'm sorry, Oklahoma. Yeah. I feel like I might pick Oklahoma, but I'm not. I don't know if I'm right about that. More to the point, Oklahoma finally. Like, like they barely outlasted a lot of teams this year. Oklahoma's not felt impressive. Utah, like, lost to USC. That's bad. But they've been awesome for... And nobody can run the ball on them. Yeah, so... I think they lead the nation in rush defense. Yeah, they're... And it would just be more fun, Georgia. man. Yeah. It'd just be more fun to see yeah. Utah than a clearly level down Oklahoma Yeah. And, and, frankly, uh, if Georgia wins, I really don't care if Utah didn't get in. <laughs> doesn't matter to me. Well, and that's going to be a deal. I mean, it is going to be a thing. There's no way that Georgia's not going to be in, obviously. And and I can't imagine. I just it's hard to imagine LSU. Now it's weird that like all the intrigue. You, you I watched the ranking show tonight, and there was all the Utah versus Oklahoma versus Baylor, and who is the who's the team? But like none of that matters at all if Georgia wins this game. <laughs> no, like, none of that means anything. No, I mean keep in mind that's that's also the danger of having an hour long ranking show <laughs> right, right. Uh, that started. They start broadcasting what five weeks ago, six weeks ago, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's some of this is self fulfilling prophecy yeah. um, in that you do create a narrative because you have to fill television time. Um, so, getting to the game that actually matters, oh, yeah, yes. that, was, that game. How does Georgia win this game, Tony? Um, well, I think the path to victory for Georgia is uh, obviously playing defense the way they need to play. They, the way they play defense, continue to play the way they play defense, with one caveat. Um, we have not seen the the breakdown uh, defensive breakdown where a receiver gets behind Georgia. Um, Georgia has to stay within a score of this game. They're going to win it. I, they, I just don't see a way they're going to score. Look, we we 
I can see ways they could score fast enough to keep up with them, right? I mean, I could talk myself into that. We haven't seen it this season, uh, at least not since the Tennessee game. Um, uh, and let's put aside the Georgia State game because I, I think that was a talent disparity thing, although it was heartening to see them run some different things, uh, and I will get to that when we talk about the offense in a minute. They need to play the game they're capable of offensively. I mean, Will brought up the point a minute ago, something I've been thinking about, is like name an offense you would trade talent right now. There's two, and I'm, I'm willing to quibble. I'm willing to quibble about Alabama right now with Mac Jones as quarterback. I think he looked good. The mistakes were, were yeah, sure. but no, I'm just two but, pick sixes. But yeah. I mean, other than that, he was awesome. Yeah. But no, I'm, but my point is, it's like you have, um, and one of them, well, one of them, whatever. Um, one one of them one's a crazy play. Um, the the plays that Auburn gets when they play at home in a big game at the end of the season. against Alabama. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, and, and the third thing is, you have to remain extraordinarily sound in your your special teams game. We cannot have you. We can't give them the ball inside the twenty yard line. We just can't do that. You can't have one of the four. You plays cannot that have. That that's exactly right. You cannot right. have that. You can't get inside the ten yard line and not get. Seven points, frankly. You can't fumble the ball inside the 10-yard line. A lot of people are like, well, Auburn played them really close. Yeah, Auburn played them really close, but Auburn stopped them on first and goal from the nine-yard line from scoring a touchdown. Um, and also they fumbled the ball in the end zone. That's also the, the zone. only game that they scored less than 36 points. That's also the only game. That, <laughs> but, and, and frankly, you know, you, you add 14 points to their total, which is not an unfair way of looking at it. They score, what, 37 yeah. Right? Uh, yep. um, so there's 23 20. Uh, so you know, Georgia has the score points when they're on the table. And frankly, I don't think Kirby can go in a shell and say, we'll take three and get out of here. Well, this is the question. And this maybe brings us back to Swift. Yeah. What, what do you think happened there? What do you think is going on? I think there's one of two things. Either Swift was, uh, convinced them that uh, he was fine and they did a test and it freaked them out. Or Kirby was lying from the get-go. I mean, I think it's possible he was lying from the get-go. Like, something bad. Like, maybe he was never fine. I mean, they didn't look like he thought... Like, I, it seems too much, right? It seems... Like, you, you talked about this at the oh, yeah. team show, about it didn't look like... that. He, he didn't get hit. They, that they, horrible they, happened. It came him. out today that the injury yeah. happened in a prior play. Right, right. And that it just was aggravated on that play. But, like, they looked concerned when that happened. Well, they looked concerned. I mean, he was holding the ball in the in the right hand when he should be holding the left hand. Right, right. And right. So they looked concerned. The initial, it's going to be fine, it's going to be fine. That's now backed off a little bit. I always, I thought it was weird that Carrion Johnson was brought in as a metaphor for this. That was a weird comparison because Georgia may have won that game because, because Carrion Johnson, Johnson was actually yeah. not. Was playing with one shoulder. And to be fair, Carrion Johnson was kind of a large, a larger percentage of their offense. He was their offense. Yeah. So then, then is Swift was, not? Not as much as Johnson was. Johnson was kind of the only thing they had going. And Swift is yeah. the big play guy for Georgia. Yeah. Well, the drop off from Johnson to running back two is not as steep as the drop off from Swift to whoever running back two is. But of course, of course, there's a style situation on this, yeah. right? Yeah. Is the idea that if whoever, whether it's all Harrion or whether it's Zeus or, or whether Cook, uh, I think Cook is now the official, Cook is kind of playing the Swift get yeah. the ball on the outside guy uh, when, when he's not there. But the question is, if Swift is not there or is not 100%, which I have to say, every day that you don't get a, okay, cool, green light, go. I mean, is it gamesmanship? Is it one way or the other? Is it gamesmanship? Uh, the real question is, 
did they start acting like maybe he's not okay because they decided to be more gamesmanlike or because they were being gamesmanlike in the first place and now retreating? Yeah. Um, I understand that uh, um, that is the sort of thing where uh, you don't want your opponent to know stuff. It's also weird, right? Like, it's also like DeAndre Swift, like, this is this may be his last game. Right, yeah. <laughs> like this may like if he plays, yeah, because if we lose, he might not play in the bowl. That's game. what I mean. This might be the last time we see DeAndre Swift. It seems a little, and also let's not forget the last time we saw him before the Georgia Tech game, he was fighting with Jake Fromm. So <laughs> you know, there's a lot of like a lot of subplots all going together. That whereas Swift, who all year has felt, even people that don't like watching Georgia football and don't want them to be in the playoff, love Swift. Swift is the one that's being handcuffed. By the mean offensive coordinator and, and Kirby Smart, which I think is an oversimplification. But to answer your question, Tony, I don't think Swift is as important to Georgia as Carrion Johnson was to Auburn because Carrion Johnson was just kind of their whole offense. But it changes everything. If Swift is not 100%, then your big play guy is gone. Well, and it's not we, like he's broke a bunch of big plays. We, yeah, I was going to say we haven't had any home yeah. run plays from the running back. This there's, year. A, there's a, a side note there is a specific. Georgia fans sigh that happens when someone gets seven or eight yards. It's usually Swift, seven or eight yards. It looks like they're just about to break it, and then someone trips them up because we, I mean, again, we got we're custom, expecting it. We got custom doing it at 17. We got a little custom to it last year, and it just hasn't happened all year. And you hear that sigh every time. Every single time on a good play, seven eight yards if, isn't that kind of a metaphor for the whole season? The well, idea, like, wow, an awesome seven or eight yard play is. I think what's feels un- disappointing. I think what's underrated is in 2017, Javon Wims is outside blocking. I think last year, Michael Hardman, Terry Godwin's outside downfield blocking. There's been a lot of missed blocks uh, by the receivers this year, and I think that's. I mean, obviously, that's where they're getting tackled from the secondary. Well, not just the receivers. We've also had. We've had good line play, but we've had inconsistent line play. A lot of people made hay over what Ole Miss did against um, LSU, which has ran run for 400 yards. Like I don't, that was John. A lot of that was John Ross Pumley um, going for John Reese Pumley going for about 200 yards uh, as a quarterback. I don't think we should expect Jake Fromm to do that. Frankly, I think Jake Fromm has to run the ball some of this game because. It's not really a run play option if if one third of the options are off the table. He's yeah. really just he's been a little bit more hesitant action. to run it. It's almost like there's that half step where he thinks, "Okay, I need to run this." Right. I mean, he's been hesitant in everything. I mean, yeah. he's been hesitant on all three of the options. To be entirely honest, yeah, the, that's probably right. The problem is you have Jacoby Stevens and Grant Delpit, <laughs> you kind of roaming out there in the defensive backfield for LSU. So offensively, I think what Georgia is going to want to do is figure out ways to get guys in space. I don't. I don't if I'm LSU. But who Who's the guy? Like, who's the guy in I mean, space? Is it, it's got to be Simmons or Her- Cook. Yeah. Cook, even Harrion. I mean, I mean, Harrion. Harrion's much more of the downfield, like bat. I mean, he looks for people to hit and wants to do it with malice. But you know, I'm thinking of a specific play. We ran a um, little hitch pass to Cook early in the first quarter against Tech. It got stopped at the line of scrimmage right behind. Uh, the touchdown pass to. Um, not Blaylock, whoever it was, touchdown pass later in the game. Oh, maybe maybe it was the one to Pickens. It won um, the Pickens. It looked, we ran the same look, exactly the same look, opposite side of the field. And I went back and rewatched the play. When Cook turned around and signaled for the ball, he knew the ball wasn't coming to him. 
he immediately turned to look and almost pointed at Pickens how open he was. So that was an intentional play. But those are the sorts of plays we have to run. We have to run well in order to to have a shot at winning this football game. Um, Because they're going to put six or seven in the box. Uh, I think they feel like they can win. Um, they can win matchups on the corners playing man with uh, when they when they put you know Stingley and Stevens. I mean Stevens is I think he's leading the conference in pass breakups. Yeah, and Stingley, I think he's leading the interceptions. Yeah, he's leading the interceptions. Uh, is Michael Divinity back on the team or is he gone for good? He is back. Well, he was back practicing with the team. I don't know if he's on the team, but there are places where you can exploit that, and I think you're going to need some of those swing passes and some of those underneath covers. I think it was good to see Wolf get a long pass play. It was good oh, to yeah. see. I mean, so he Warner kept got, running and showing off some some legs, it looked like, on yeah, that. Warner got his first touchdown in uh, right. his career. I mean, Jake Fromm's got to hit open receivers. You, yeah. I mean, I, I don't... Not throw behind him, not throw look, ahead of him. Look, I get, and it feels like to me that... I feel like we're starting to, we're starting to hone in on... The th- we're yeah, I think, I think you're right. Um, I th- one of the things that I, there's something going on in Fromm's head, and I, I don't know whether it is he's been so it's been so beaten in him. Don't turn the ball over, and we don't lose. Or it's better to miss long than it is to miss short. Or it's better to miss out of out of coverage rather than in coverage. I feel like that middle one is the right one. Yeah. Like his long throws are always better. Yeah, like they're always better. Frankly, I'm playing on pace. I mean, there is a school of thought where you want to shorten this game if you're Georgia because you oh, want to yeah. get the I don't think they're going to play pace unless it's the end of a quarter, end of a half. Yeah, end yeah. of a half. Yeah. But we get the ball back with a minute. Go for it. Go for if the jug. Even if you're down six, you're down six. Look, you have to look at it like you did no, more the, to the Oklahoma point. game. More to the point, even if you're up 10. you got to go for the jugular. <laughs> right. Go for the right. points. Right. I mean, you have to look at this like you did the Oklahoma game. You have to. Yeah. Look, Y'all were watching the Rose Bowl. Did you feel like we were out of it? I mean, be honest with yourself. At halftime. Right before halftime. You can watch what I felt by queuing it up on YouTube. (laughs) But no, more to the point, though. Clearly, not only did I not think they were out of it, clearly Georgia didn't think they were out of it. Yes, Georgia didn't think they were out of it. I mean, to me, the highlight of that game, well, not the highlight, but one of my favorite quiet moments of that game was how Kirby was coaching the out of them on that last segment at the end of the first half. Yes. When Oklahoma scored on that trick play because, like, he was up in their face. And, like, that was an incredible stand. He clearly saw that as a moment for, like, they were drawing the line in the sand. We're going to stop them here. And Oklahoma got it because Oklahoma had an incredible offense and played a, ran a really cool trick play. But you need that kind of aggression. And it doesn't feel like this team has been coached aggressively. Coached to be aggressive. Yeah. All year. Defensively, they have. Yeah. Yeah. Defensively, they okay. coach to be aggressive, right? We're playing man-to-man coverage all the time. How many times have you Until seen? Until we switch the zone and lie and say we aren't. Right, but that's. Another. But I mean, but how many times have you seen LeCount close on a yeah. on a, a receiver or close on a close on a pass for that matter? Or how many times have you seen us play, you know, bump tight coverage off the line and basically just cover the guy all the way down the field and when the ball's thrown, knock it away? They, they in the past we've been like, well, that's a clear pass interference, and yeah. by God, it's actually not. When you got Gary Donaldson, Gary Donaldson, Danielson. Gary Danielson saying that was really good pass defense from a cornerback, you're doing something because he is a former quarterback and he hates cornerbacks. <laughs> he hates cornerbacks the way Kirby hates offense, and that is a that's a very important distinction to think about. I don't need another drink. This I know we're drinking a lot. <laughs> we're really fired up on here. We need some more ice. Um, I would say that this is the fundamental point of this game is so far that's why I was I was 
encouraged by what you talked about earlier when Kirby's run after the game was like, we need to get better. Mm-hmm. Because right now, well, I think one of the reasons that fans have been frustrated is it doesn't feel like we're watching and we see clearly the offense is not working and clearly Fromm is not what he's been in the past. And clearly there's a conservativeness to the way these games are called. But the reaction is always everything is fine. Why are all these haters out here? Uh, we keep it in the locker room. Everything's fine. That was the first time that the mask broke a little bit. And that's good because the mask needs to break because this is not a game. I cannot imagine a situation where you win this game by playing man ball. No, I agree. Like you're not winning this game by playing man ball. No, your defense. Even, yeah, you you don't you can't you can't stop them enough. Even if to you, score enough, even points. if you, it holds for a half or like into the third quarter, eventually they're gonna break a big play. Mm-hmm. Eventually they're gonna break a big play, or eventually you're gonna make a mistake. It's not 2009 anymore. And if you go into the idea that, and I, I understand why it's tempting, because you don't know how good, how good Swift, if Swift's going to be okay. You don't, your cager's not there. Pickens is not there for the first half. Everything is pointing toward give it to Zeus, give it to Harrion, run it, take it, get that third down pass. But that is how you not only lose this game, that's how you get blown out. I don't know if you're going to get blown out that way, but that's how it would get out of hand, is if you think you can control it. Yeah, don't start playing like you have a 21-point lead in the first you quarter. Don't. You yeah. don't. Even if you do, you don't. And I think that's the thing on this. is that What is most fascinating about this game to me is that thing that we've talked about so much of, George, there's, there's offense, there's points in this offense that needs to be squeezed out. Now is the time to squeeze them out. Now is not the time to say, our defense has got this. Because <laughs> this is a great defense. This is an historic LSU offense. To go in there and say, they got it, run it, ball control, Camardo will, will send them deep in their zone and we'll, we'll, we'll bleed them out. This is, you can't bleed LSU out. You need to be aggressive. And I, I feel like they're good. This, I think it's there, but the question is whether they'll, they'll go for it. See, I think what, what LSU is going to do with their passing game coordinator, is that strong? Need some ice. <laughs> you, we have ice upstairs. You can go get some. I think I'll, what, I'll let you talk for a while and get some ice. I'm a little worried what LSU is going to do is like a death by a thousand cuts. I just worry they're going to dink and, they're going to dink and dunk with some slant routes, let Joe Burrow stand back there. I mean, they're not giving up that many sacks per game, so he's going to be able to take a five-step drop, maybe even a seven-step drop. He'll be in the pistol, he'll be in the shotgun, and just unload it say, okay, we're cool with not trying to light them up because we respect their defense. And then next thing you know, they're on an 11-play an, an drive, and then they get themselves a nice touchdown. Uh, yeah, the interesting thing about that is that they oftentimes start out games doing that, mm. right? And that basically convinces teams to cheat up on them a little bit, and that's when they break the long passes. Uh, another interesting stat that I kind of came across digging around today, so Georgia basically has the same run-pass mix inside the red zone as they do outside the red zone. Um, it's it's around it's it's pretty close to fifty fifty either way, but it is um, when they're inside the twenty, they run exactly the same mix as they run outside the twenty. LSU when they get inside the twenty runs the ball twenty percent more than they do passing the ball, which is interesting to me. Um, that plays in Georgia hands a little bit if you think about what Georgia has done. Um, with a rush defense this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we get in a situation where 
we can keep, quote unquote, keep the, the bend, don't break. Keep them in front of us. Don't give up the huge play. That cuts a little bit towards Georgia maybe having some success because, you know, if I like our chances, if they go, if their tendency, which it has been all season, um, their tendency is to, to run the ball like almost 70% of the time if they're inside the 20 yard line, whereas they pass about 64 or 5% of the time when they're outside the 20. Um, if that's their instinct is to run the ball inside the 20, that plays right into Georgia's hands. And I, I, I like, I like our odds if that's what happens. So I am perfectly okay if they decide the seven yard out's the way they want to go. In a lot of ways, that plays into George's hands, right? Because that allows us to drop linebackers into coverage and not have to basically, I mean, we're going to need to spot Burrow because if for no other reason we watched him run 59 yards on us last year. Um, although he hasn't been terrifically prolific running the football this year. Yeah, but um, I, won't, I won't forget that run. No, I will not forget that run. <laughs> and my guess is it's like, they have dressed up Dwan Mathis or somebody else in a Joe Burrow jersey and said, okay, you're going to take a five-step drop. You're going to dance around for like four seconds. You're going to run just to make sure everybody pays attention, which gets to the last point. We got to be disciplined. We just have to be disciplined. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't mean like George Pickett disciplined. I mean, we have to be disciplined. If you are – you're covering um, – uh, Greedy Williams isn't there anymore. Let's, let's name off uh, receiver number oh, Justin Jefferson Justin or Jamar Jefferson Chase. Or, or, yeah, right. They're, they're both 1,000-yard receivers. If you're, if you're covering him, Joe Burrow breaks and runs, You stay, wait until you somebody run past you before you break off your receiver, right? You do not give up your receiver, period. You let your teammates do their job. You let your teammates do their job. If you're J.R. Reed, if you're Campbell, if you're, um, you know, name your – pick your poison in the backfield – so defensively, we might see some interesting sets, right? Um, I think you'll see a lot of star with um, somebody like, I don't know. I mean, Devon Wilson and also Reed and also LeCount and also Stokeson, right? Uh, I think the more you have those people in Campbell in, the better off you are, um, even if that means dropping out uh, on you know an Ojolari or somebody else, uh, yeah, you want you want them in the game at times, especially obvious passing downs. But if Ed Orgeron thinks the best way for him to win this game is for Claude Edwards Hilaire to run the football, good, good, I'll take my chances. It's, this is I'm I'm ready, man. This is uh this this is serious business. I do want to take a minute to talk about the coaching changes that have mm-hmm. have come about. Two of the four coaches most associated. With the college that they coach at, um, I'm running smart, I think, clearly on that list. Uh, Barry Odom in Missouri, Matt Luke at Ole Miss, both have been fired. Now, if if the stories are to be believed, Barry Odom went to administration and said, I need a vote of confidence. And said, oh, get out, we're not doing a vote of confidence. You're fine. Don't worry about it. He went back to his staff and said, they won't give us a vote of confidence, which it got back to them. It's like... Seriously, now we got to fire you because you're like going to run your mouth. And they fired him. Uh, and then Matt Luke, I think that was – Players weren't happy about it. The players weren't happy, but he got he got a contract extension a month ago. I think they just took care of him. I honestly think they just took care of him. He's a, he's a he's Ole Miss guy. The Ole Miss guy's family's Ole Miss people. And, and got him through – Are they going to put him in an office somewhere and say, why don't you just so run something? It'll be, be at a firm upstate. Right? Nice. <laughs> so I think they'll um, – look, he did get an extension this year, which changed the math on his buyout from 25 to $12 million. So it's not like they didn't take care of him. Does it suck getting fired from your hometown school? 
Sure it does. Does this increase the possibility that Hugh Freeze coaches in the um, in the SEC again? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, well, what's all the Lane Kiffin to Arkansas stuff? I I think I, I mean, I'd do it. Arkansas, I'd do it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think Arkansas has got to figure out what they want. And you know, I did. I mean, I think Arkansas wants to do more than win the press conference, which they clearly wanted to do last time. Yeah, but I mean, they also want to win more than three games. Well, I uh, think Lane Giffen will win them more than three games. You yeah. think? You think Ole Miss got rid of Luke so they could hire Memphis's coach? I mean, I, I don't if know. I were Memphis's coach, I I wouldn't take it. I'd wait. I mean, you could live at home. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it, it's I know be it's close, but like if but there's no other. But to I me, mean, there's no interesting coach opening right now. Like there's no FSU. School. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, Florida State should be. Ten years ago, that would have been interesting. Southern Cal is not open, but of course it's just just what to me. Southern Cal is the interesting one. If it, has, if it, it doesn't seem to be opening, yeah, it's, like, there's some crazy stuff going on there, yeah. right? The story Sunday was he's gone, and then they're like, wait a minute, he's not gone. For the record, if I may be media insider guy, that was reported by Maven slash Sports Illustrated's USC. Oh, was that? Uh, but that's who reported that. Okay. Well, and so. it was a very weird situation. So sourcing's the thing. Yeah. So you probably talked to Snoop Dogg. Yeah, it was a very weird situation where the Maven, it's a good example of why Sports Illustrated is so screwed right now, is the Maven Sports Illustrated reporter, who again, who's like not getting paid and is just contributing uh, to be the Maven Sports Illustrated guy. There's a Georgia one too. Yeah. Have a byline. Yeah. And uh, he reported it. And then every single reporter at Sports Illustrated said, no, nope, nope, this is not true at all. Forty immediately put it out, and I think uh, same as and people just immediately were like, "That's not true at all." And it just spoke to how messed up Sports Illustrated is right now. But also, I think Heritage Hall is messed up with Southern Cal. Man, there's some weird stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. They have made no statement whatsoever. I, I talk. Yeah. I have a, a good friend I stayed with at Pasadena, mm-hmm. who is a Southern Cal. Not the Australian guy. Not the Australian guy. Uh-huh. Um, I wish I could get in touch with him. I he was lie. Awesome. So he, he's lost history. For those yeah. of you don't know who we're talking about, uh, if you go back and listen, definitely go back and listen to our post game Oklahoma. That's a good mm-hmm. podcast. Yes, yes. And uh, and I interviewed that guy. Yeah, crazy. and your, your buddy, your buddy from the uh, your Australian buddy. From yeah, the that guy was just sitting behind us in the stands. Uh, who who went literally in the course of the game from being an Oklahoma fan to a Georgia fan. <laughs> that's, uh, that's that's the way that God intended. That's the way God intended. I mean, so we, uh, you know, I, I mean, but even I mean, Southern Cal. Like if you think there's some messed up coaching searches, um, Southern Cal's new AD is um, from Cincinnati. Cincinnati has been on the job for three or four weeks. Um, probably hired to fire Clay Helton. Apparently hasn't even taken meetings with top boosters yet, <laughs> which is weird yeah. to say the least. Nothing's weirder than what's happening at Rutgers. The idea the AD clearly did not want Shiano to be there. Like, and he just got hired. Yeah, like they just got a new AD, and he clearly did not want Shiano to be there. The booster said, "No, we want him here." Yeah, and now like, well, if I were the AD, I'd I would leave think, like two months in. I would think New Jersey slash Rutgers boosters would be more intimidating than even SEC boosters. They in a well, it's, it's, Sopranos uh, type way. Yeah, yeah. You say Sopranos, but like for a long time, it was literally Sopranos. James Gandolfini oh, really? was a huge. He went to Rutgers, yeah. and it was a huge, huge, huge Rutgers booster. Like him and Shiano would like would do like promo videos together. Mm-hmm. Like Gandolfini was a huge Rutgers guy. Yeah, this is so, why Gandolfini was so awesome in that role because he knew Jersey to his absolute bones. So according to people who have good reason to know, um, apparently Shiano was. Um, 
Chiano is a tough person to deal with as a head football coach. Um, and, 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 and right in a, in a way that many head football coaches are. It would have been fun to see what would have happened to him at Tennessee. God. <laughs> oh. That would have been I think we missed out. And, yeah, and look, yeah, I think, frankly, I think Mike Leach's postgame comments prevented him from going to coach at Arkansas. Screw that dude, by the way. I'm okay with that. I, like, I've generally been a Leach supporter. He would be, I'm, he would be, I'm fan, wavering. he would be fantastic just for. Just for the comments. Have you done your genealogy? Are you related to him? The name's not even spelled the same. Yeah, so. uh, that, that probably just diverted some point, <laughs> you know, many years back, many generations. I'm yeah. also not related to uh, to Robin Leach, uh, the late uh, yeah. life. Oh, that's or Will Leach, the BBC reporter. Or, yeah, but, yeah, no, uh, he gets a lot of your tweets. Spelled the same. Or Archibald Leach, should we all know Archibald Leach? That is Cary Grant. Cary Grant's real name was Archibald oh, Leach. But you can really, see why I went by Cary Leach. Grant. Yeah, so that's yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right, you have some buy, sell, hold. Yeah. No, I'm saying a brief shout out. Apologies, Patrick Yagi, longtime listener of the podcast, good dude, was in Athens this week and invited us all, invited me and some friends that had to come out. I was running around like crazy on Sunday, getting Christmas tree, just gotten back from all the madness. So I did not get a chance to see him. But so Patrick Yagi, you rule. I'm sorry that I missed you when you were in town this week, uh, but uh, shout out to Patrick Yagi who rules and is and is I think is the official governor of Dog Nation in the state of Arizona. Yeah, I think that's probably right. And that Mr. Blue guy is Dog Nation governor in New Mexico. <laughs> He's got to be, right? And, 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 oh, and, 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 and by the way, I, and this remains to blow me away, but when you s- just see me at a football game or whatever and say, hey, you're Tony Waller, right? I'm like, huh? I don't know. Do I owe you money? Oh, it's awesome. that reminds me. Yeah. On the MARTA train with my dad and my son. That's what made me think of that. A guy named Jeff leans over and says, hey, man, love the podcast. In which, Jeff, if you're listening, I really appreciate that because my dad had never been around oh, me when somebody when people do it around your dad it's the best and so he looked at me kind of with this point of pride kind of look are you are you Mr. Duval that calls oh, so I, God, I appreciate that I'm so glad that, that happened yeah and, and the then I best. asked him I, I, I found Jeff as we were leaving the station I was like hey because I like to ask everybody how did you discover us he's like I'm a big fan of Will Leach I have been ever since Deadspin started so yeah. So uh, thanks, Jeff. It is a cool. Uh, I have to say, the only re- thing I've ever done good in my career is th- to be able to do something to have when I've ever been with my dad yep. and yeah. have someone say, "I like what you do." Like, because because you know, I don't right. know everybody the way they are with their dads. Like, no one no one wants to be like uh, like you. You like want you them schmuck. to be proud of you, <laughs> but you don't want to admit that you want them to be proud of you. Right. So when a stranger does it, it's just yeah. No, it was it was perfect. It's perfect. All right, we'll do trivia. This is a uh, SEC. By, by the way, there are no strangers. By the way, there are only friends. Friends we have not licked yet. Correct. No. Um, yes. This is SEC championship game trivia. Okay. That's really fun. I like this. Nice. I figured that would be a good I did a little research on this today for, for my piece. Okay. Because I did not realize that, that Georgia uh, and the Alabama three year stretch are the only people this century to have won three in a row. Because, of course, uh, to won their <clears throat> division. Division, yes. Row. Florida and Alabama have done it before. But Florida did it before, but, it, but Florida yes. did it uh, in the 90s. In the 90s. Wow, man, y'all just answered three or four questions already, but we're going to try them anyway. (laughs) The SEC was the first NCAA conference in any division to hold a conference championship game. What year was the first SEC championship game? I know the answer, so. 989. 91. 92. 92. That's when Arkansas and South Carolina were added. Uh, Where was it hosted, Will? Um, It was not the Georgia Dome. No. Charlotte? It was hosted the Great Lady at Legion Field in Birmingham, Alabama. Oh. The first two years were at Legion Field. Man, I want to see some video of that. Oh, you can I, see I, it. I'm sure you can find. Well, it. You, they were classic. You, you've definitely seen video of the touchdown. Antonio to, oh, Langham. Yeah, Antonio Langham's touchdown to win the game. Yeah. 
Uh, what teams played in the first game? Okay. I, I just said one. Well, if you know yeah. who Antonio Lingham played for. Florida LSU. Close. Bama won 28-21 over Florida. What was the second conference to host a championship game? And what year did they start? Hmm, that's a good question. You, I, I've been guessing first. Um, I believe it was the Big 12. That's correct. And I believe it was 96. That's also correct. Good job. They, did, they, they haven't hosted the, many because they stopped playing them for a while. That, those were the exact guesses I was going to make. Will's fortunate. He just let me do this question, so he's down with Tony Andrew. Yeah. All right, so, so fill, this is a fill-in-the-blank right here. This year will be Georgia's blank time playing in the SEC championship game. Six. Eighth. Tony's correct. It's the eighth time. This is Georgia's third time in a row playing in the SEC championship game. What's the most consecutive years plays, played by a school in the SEC championship? I wrote, I love writing SEC championship game. What's the most times in a row a school has played in this game? I think it's like four, maybe even three. I, th- I think Will's right. I think it's four. I think Florida played in four in a row. Alabama and Georgia have both reached three times in a yeah. row. I was going to say, I thought it was three. Florida played in it five times ah, in a row okay. from 92 to 96. I, mean, I knew they were in the Dark first days. number of them, but I don't remember how many in a row it was. Remember Missouri, was a, Missouri once had two in a row. Yeah. Let's yeah. forget Name the four schools who have never appeared in the game. Okay, this is good. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Right. This, this is hot. This is a game called Hot Potato. This is a, you start. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, one that's never played. Uh, Texas A&M. Vanderbilt. Those are correct. Let's go Mississippi. Kentucky. That's correct. Those All right. Are the four good schools. Job. Good job. What is the lowest ranking of any team competing in the SEC championship game? So everyone's been in ranked. what year? So there's no one unranked. Correct. Everybody's it's been not ranked. the ACC um, <laughs> or the Big Ten. I have an idea. Last year, I think I have an idea. No. It's happened twice in two separate years. The same ranking, two different teams. It's one in Arkansas. That's correct. 1995, Arkansas was ranked 23rd. Mississippi State versus Tennessee. 1998, Mississippi State was ranked 23rd. Those good are job. the lowest good rankings. Job. Man, good you job. you should get a Jeopardy category of this. <laughs> yeah. You're good. What's the lowest ranked winner of the SEC championship game? Is it Georgia? They're the second lowest ranked winner. Georgia won 34 to 14 over number three ranked LSU in 2005. So it would have been an upset. Not Florida. Maybe Tennessee. They were in the game, but Tennessee was ranked number two in 2001. LSU beat them. They were ranked 21st. Okay. Uh, name the SEC West teams Georgia has faced in the SEC championship okay. game. Hot potato. Okay. Uh, Alabama. Arkansas. Correct. Correct. How many? LSU. Are four. There's four. LSU, and then Auburn. Auburn. Yeah. Yeah. So they played LSU four times, counting Saturday. Bama twice, Auburn once, and Arkansas once. Okay. The Big Twelve hosts a championship game. Current members like Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas State, TCU, and Baylor have all made an appearance. Name the four former Big 12 members who have also made a Big 12 championship game appearance. Texas A&M. That's correct. Nebraska. That's correct. Missouri. That's also correct. <laughs> Colorado. That's right. <laughs> I mean, it's the four former members. I love the Big 12. <laughs> Not Arkansas, though. Bless you, Big 12. Last trivia yeah, question. Black. Who was George's MVP in the 2017 game? Mm. <gasps> oh, um, Roquan. That's right. He won the MVP. 
It was Roquan, right? It was. Okay. I'm it sorry. Was. I was really sad I remember that. It was Roquan. We, let, let's just take a moment before we get into the sure. next realm of all just remember that 2017 game. Like, just the way you felt when it happened. Well, if it hadn't been for an early fumble, Auburn was kind of on pace to do what they did to us down at Jordan-Hare. I'm curious. This is a a good question for the group, and I'm curious, and a good question for the listeners. Of the current Kirby Smart era, what is, when you close your eyes and you have a highlight from this era, what is it? I'd say for me, it's Swift in the SEC Championship game. That is the one where Kirby runs with him along the sidelines. And, and that, when that touchdown happened, you're like, oh, they're winning. Like, that was, that was the moment. And Oklahoma, obviously, the, the, walk-off, the walk-off in Oklahoma in, in the, in the Oklahoma Rose Bowl was pretty great. Uh, the block in the Rose Bowl yeah. was pretty great because that was the moment where you're like, oh, wow, they might actually win this. But to me, it's, it's the swift play in that game against Auburn. It's not an overstatement to say Sony Michelle was running right towards right, me right, when right. he came around the corner. There, because I was sitting beside the Redcoats. Um, it's still probably that game, although a close second is actually the strip sack and uh, fumble recovery in Notre Dame. Yeah, um, I wonder about. I'm curious. This goes back to the larger fan base ideal, but if I feel like a loss to Auburn in the SEC championship game would have been worse than losing to Oklahoma in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I think that's right. So you don't get in a bat. And that's the thing. When like when Swift did that, that was like, oh, we won. Yeah. Like that to I me. Mean, it, it, to, I mean, I didn't even realize walking out of there until I got a call from my buddy in Pasadena saying, you know, you're coming to the Rose Bowl if you need a place to stay. I'm like, yeah. Oh, oh shit. I didn't even think about it. we made no, the playoffs. There's, there's another thing that We happens. made the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, it didn't even occur yeah. to me yeah. like 20 minutes after the game. Oh, I will always forget going back to my, my parents' old, uh, they had, before they had their place in Winterville, they had a townhouse. And we made sure to rush back because they had been watching the boys. We made sure to rush back in time to watch the selection show. The, the, the ranking show because you knew they were going to be you didn't know who they were going to play you didn't know if Alabama was going to make it there was so much intrigue with that and uh, it was a great to me that I feel like the actual the greatest game is obviously Oklahoma and the Rose Bowl that game was insane in every possible way but to me the moment of this isn't an illusion this isn't a false hope this isn't a fake dawn something awesome is happening was that Swift run? I'm going to go to Kirby's very first game. I was at the game at the Georgia Dome against North Carolina. Georgia fell behind. It was Mitch Trubisky. Nick Chubb runs for 222 yards, and I was sitting in the end zone when he runs right awesome. towards oh, us yeah. you know, and brought us back. So, and, and, you know, that feeling back in 2016, especially early before that season kind of went kind of sideways, was we got our guy, and this is how it's going to be. And then he put on the goofy helmet, and... That was a good moment. Yeah. So, yeah. So one last thing, talking about... Roquan winning the MVP. Um, there is a strong likelihood that Georgia's defense, despite the statistical whatever, is going to finish out with no first-team All-SEC players on it. There was a team released today. None of them were Georgia players. That is incredible. It is incredible. There are no stars on this team. There's not. That is an underrated aspect of this team, I have to say. Which gets me to... Uh, and I, and, and I think it's one of the reasons they have not captured everyone's true. imagination, to which, be honest. Which gets me to the second thing. Kirby Smart's gonna win, not going to win Coach Theater. That's going to be at Otron, right? But he replaced both offensive coordinators. He lost his top five receivers. Yeah. He lost at least... I mean, he lost a first-round running back. He lost... 
I mean, he, he lost, what, a first-rounder on defense too, mm-hmm. right? Two first-rounders on defense. Do I have that right? I mean, he lost guys that weren't drafted. Like, do you think Holofield would have made a big difference on this team? Yes, yes. So, I mean, I think I think we want to, and I, I wish I'd brought this up when we were talking about the, the season, how we feel about it. Um, just keep in mind. Um, this is it is worth remembering. They've been pedaling as fast as they, they freaking can. They have been pedaling <laughs> as point. fast yeah. as they can. Yeah. Sorry, third no, no, it's fine. That is a good point. That still really does time. need to be remembered about yeah. this year's team. Yeah. Is that like not everything has gone right? No. and here they are. So I will implore you to keep these responses quick. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. These are Twitter questions. These are Twitter questions from our listeners. This one, the first one, comes from uh, at Yagi Slayton. If you had to teach someone coming in with a blank slate about Georgia football in 15 minutes, what would you include? Not don't give a 15 minute answer, but just what are some highlights you would include? Like the Mount Rushmore. I think that's kind of what he asked, what he's asking. I mean, I think you start with some of the plays we just talked about. Uh, I think you have to talk about the, um, you have to talk about the Herschel Walker run over, run over Billy Bates. You have to talk about run Lindsay run. Um, I don't think, Think it hurts to. You've got to bring up the Ray Goff and Jim Don in years. I think it doesn't hurt to bring up the Ray Goff and Jim Don in years because that time in the wilderness really informs the work Mark Rick did. And I don't think we where we are now, three years in the SEC championship game in a row, if Mark Rick hadn't had put a solid base here. Yeah, because you got to have that conflict to have a good story. And, but the main the thing, too, is also noting uh, you have to show the pain. You have to show mm-hmm. 12. You have to show. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's that to me, that's yeah. maybe the second, if not the first thing that you show is how good this team has been, how good everything has worked out. But just at that moment where it's going to break through. It's funny, writing yeah, you that, show you show second and twenty six. You show writing that piece today and going back and watching that again for good measure. You show twenty eight three against the Patriots. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this is from at Mimetis three seventeen. If you could pay a dollar amount for the dogs to win it all this year, and afterward you would have no memory of the deal, just the money being gone, and no one else would know. How much would you fork out? I like questions like this. Wait a minute. So, so I, would, idea, I would pay a lot of money, yeah. but not remember that Georgia won. No, no, no. You wouldn't remember that you paid all that money. Well, in that case, like $100,000. Like all the <laughs> oh, money I'm sorry. I have. You have no memory of the deal. Just the money is gone. So you look at your bank account going like, what happened to my bank account? I don't know. The, 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 that question that's not the best part of the question the real part of the question is let's just say how much would you pay for how it? much would you pay and nobody knows and you get that no you credit and it just it just happens do I now, have for the right resources because a billion dollars for what it's worth this is the question that big massive donors in Georgia ask themselves every day yeah. uh, with every decision that yeah, they Bobby make. Louder at Auburn yeah. the answer to that question is I will 17 confess, million I, I will con- I will confess I, I probably have a Debbie Downer answer on this but I generally f- feel like the amount of money that's given to not just Georgia sports but all collegiate sports or could be so much better used in so many other more charitable ways. So I probably would not. Uh, the fun is that's the wrong answer, yeah, Will. Yeah. <laughs> the, to me, the the fun of it is not knowing if it's going to happen. Right? Yeah. Like I don't want to. Like it's no fun if like I give five hundred thousand dollars or ever much, and then they win. I'm like, well, money well spent. Like, that's so fun. The fun is like, oh, they're not going to win it. They're not going to win it. This is going to another wasted time and opportunity that I put into this. 
and then they win it. That's what's fun about it. One million dollars. I wouldn't pay a dime. This one comes from on, on Instagram from J.D. Dean. He says, hey, guys, love the show, and I'm looking forward to the SEC Championship game this Saturday. It is my hope at some point during the game, Kirby yells, switch, and we all learn that Fromm has been playing the long con. <laughs> He's is, really left-handed. And is actually left-handed. <laughs> Go dogs. That's a great comment. <laughs> that would be quite a long con. Uh, I have to say, if, if that were true. Going back to lowly He's days. actually the most incredible athlete I've ever seen in my lifetime. Um, but, you know, I mean, that's the, the underlying thing. We're waiting for the light to come back on. Yep. And uh, if it comes back on, look out. This is from... Wait uh, for the Fromm boner to come back. <laughs> It's from Shannon Bowen. This, this is why it's not supposed to last more than two years without <laughs> consulting your medical professional. Jets, I've been thinking about this for the past few weeks, and I think it's best for you guys to answer this two-part question regarding the playoffs. What happens to LSU when Jake Fromm and the dogs show up for the win? And what happens to UGA if Nick Fromm and the dogs show <laughs> up and lose? Well, Georgia will play in the Sugar Bowl. Um, I like the fact that you're not seeing them projected to play Virginia anymore. You're, you're, I think Alabama's lost. Yeah, like Alabama not, might not play in the Orange Bowl. Yeah, this they I mean. could be in the Citrus Bowl. And we're looking at like Georgia, Oklahoma, Georgia, Baylor. Baylor. Yeah. Like I am okay with either one of them. Yeah, in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, yeah. I am totally okay with either one of those. Um, I, all that happens is. Um, it'll be a weird vibe. It'll be a fun vibe too, because of course the national championship game is also at the Sugar Bowl. So it'll be like a dress rehearsal. Yeah. For, uh, for so so if LSU, if Georgia beats LSU, we get to play Clemson and I think so. I think so. Right. I think that's what happens. Um, yeah, and LSU plays Ohio State and Tempe. Yeah. That, I, I mean, exactly I, had to, I have to I had to guess. I think that's exactly what happens. So the seedings would be Clemson one, Ohio State. Unless Ohio two. State chooses the Sugar Bowl, which they could. The, well, the, the Sugar Bowl. I mean, chooses Atlanta. Choose the Atlanta. one seed will get yeah. the the pick. I, I mean, chooses Atlanta is what I mean. Yeah, but the ones I think Clemson would be the one seed. You think Ohio State would be? If, in, in my scenario, Georgia. If Georgia plays Clemson, Georgia is the four seed. Clemson is the one seed. No, no, I don't think so. I oh, think so LSU. Georgia plays I think LSU is the four seed. And I think oh. if Georgia beats LSU, I think the one seed is Ohio State, the two seed is Clemson, the Georgia three seed is Georgia, and LSU is a four seed. It has to be because you can't have Georgia and LSU playing again. Yeah. I really don't care. Yeah, they won't do that, though. Right. No, like, no they won't do it. Yeah. Well, I'm saying, I don't care if Georgia's seeded higher than uh, whatever. Sure. I mean, doesn't it doesn't matter. Like, it'll, be, yeah. it'll be Ohio State, Clemson, one, two, either direction. So uh, he had one other question, Shano Bowling. He says, P.S., what's a good address to send some Christmas gifts to? Oh, who are you sending them uh, to? I think I think I, I sent them my address. For what You did send them your address. Yeah, so I'll, okay. I'll, I'll check out the merchandise first. Because I have a public P.O. box address if you ever want to send Thanks for telling me, Lau. Yeah, that's, oh, that's good to know. Thank you, Shannon. If you read my newsletter every week, I, I do read it. Then make it down to the mailbox. I don't, mailbox I don't pay attention to stuff like that, yeah. but I should. Yeah. All right, this comes from. You read the newsletter, that's all I can I do. This comes from. That's how I knew his dad was hurt and he's okay, and you didn't because yeah. you didn't read it that week, I'm Tony. That's fine. <laughs> I think it's less of being an asshole and more like, you know. I was tailgating. Yeah. <laughs> like, which is, which is a different. And I know you weren't because it was raining. And uh, <laughs> that's coming later. Hold on. We, we got something. We got something later on that. Uh, this comes from JC Walla on Twitter. What's the maximum points LSU can score for Georgia to still win? 31. 31. That sounds right. 34. I mean, I was vacillating between 31 and 34, but yeah. 
This is from UGA Nihilist. Are you ready oh, for this, Tony? I love, I love UGA Nihilist. <laughs> One of my favorite Twitter follows. Is it mandatory that we go to this game? <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> this comes from Powell John T. Keys to the game for Georgia offense and defense and LSU offense and defense. Or what are you guys watching for? I think we just covered yeah. all of that. Yeah, That's like what the show was about. But thanks for the yeah, question. And, and I'll hit, I, I like the idea that like he would have asked that question. We would get here and be like, oh, crap, oh. we should talk about that stuff. No, uh, that was and good. I will talk about a couple of things that I talk okay. about in the, when I make my predictions. Okay. So. This is from Eddie. He just followed us today. Oh, thanks, Eddie. His uh, Twitter handle is hidden the balls. It's awesome. Hidden. Hit in the balls. At hit in the balls. Oh, hit in the balls. Okay, I get it. I get it. It's the lowest form of humor. (laughs) It's a no. The lowest form of humor is dad jokes. No, dad jokes are awesome and clever and great. Yes, I agree with that. All right. Should the dogs try to go tempo to get Fromm into a rhythm, or slow it down to limit the number of possessions? Yes. They should do both. Get your uh, offense that can do both, or at least one, or at least maybe not. This was from this is from Billy Joyner. Think we've only been favored in the SEC championship game once, so we're usually underdogs. Without looking up historical spreads, where do y'all think this ranks in terms of our chances of winning among previous appearances? He didn't put that, I just put that in. Thanks and great seeing y'all at the foundry. This is a good question because mm-hmm. it's uh, Billy's good people. It speaks to the idea of for all the talk about all the money is going to LSU right now. They are still. Georgia was a big underdog going to the SEC championship game last year. Seventeen points, right? Twelve, yeah, 12, 12. 12 yeah. And like they were a huge underdog, which to me seemed too much, and spoke to maybe a little bit of uh, Alabama into a worship that was rather quickly shown in the national championship game to be a bit misguided, right? But I have to tell you, LSU to me looks like a better team than Alabama last year. Agreed. And uh, I think. I don't think everyone's quite registered that yet, but uh, Vegas at least has not registered that yet. But I think this is going to be tougher than what Georgia faced last year. Okay. I will be honest. Yeah, one other thing I would but add But not much tougher than what they faced in Auburn two years ago. One other thing I would add to that is that uh, SP Plus numbers from Bill Conley has this game about five and a half points. Yeah. Um, and easily the closest. I mean, ESPN's power ranking or whatever it's called is fifty-five, forty-five. Yep, it's easily the closest conference. I'll, I'll take that, man. No, fifty-five yeah. percent to forty-five percent. I'll take forty-five percent. Yeah, to win yeah. this game in a half a second. Yeah, so. last year it was like seventy thirty. Instagram handle at david.bridges. Do you guys think if Fields stayed at Georgia, our coaches would have unlocked his potential like Ohio State has? No, no, because from nope. here, no. Yeah. No, this no. Yeah. I also it's I mean, hard. I mean, never minding if Fromm's not here. Let's say Fromm in the let's say Fields comes back, and Fromm a week before the season has a Jacob Eason injury. Mm-hmm. When when Fields comes in, he's going to run the Jake Fromm offense. He's not going to run the Justin Fields offense. Yeah. Um, and we can argue that that's bad. Now, now five years from now, that might be different. Absolutely. Two thousand nineteen, it's not without question. This is from Elko Dog. From I think his name's Brent. What's up, Brent? What non-starter needs to step up for Georgia versus LSU? My pick is Matt Landers. Not mine, but Brent's yes. pick is Matt Landers, which I think is a fair pick. That's a little bit of a trick question for me because I don't know who's going to start um, yeah. 
at, at, at running back. I'm how about Zeus? Zeus? How about Zeus? Zeus how about Zeus? I was going to say Arian. Zeus is exactly But Arian will probably start. Yeah, I mean, but Harry, even Harry doesn't start. Harry's already going to get touches. Uh, we saw Zeus in packages. We hadn't seen him all season against Georgia Tech. Without question. He, is, he, he was a larger yeah. part of what was going on yeah. in that game. Maybe Zeus has his swift yeah. uh, two years ago game. Yep. Agreed. Last question. This is from Charlie Smith. His handle is Smith. Yeah, Charlie came out of the tone. Charlie. Game. Um, Charlie came by the tailgate. Um, he lives yeah, in Indianapolis. Charlie. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, he's a Georgia Law grad, two thousand, two thousand one. I had met Charlie before. Yeah, you had. When did he come by the tailgate? Before you got there. Oh, it was raining. You didn't come. Okay. Um, uh, he says, uh, "Why does Illinois basketball underachieve year oh, after year?" I can't talk about this. I, I'm not. He, yeah, he. I didn't know this so was a little story about Charlie. Charlie. I can't talk. About Charlie this. went to Ball State undergrad, came to law school to Georgia. Mm-hmm. His dad taught at Illinois. He is from Southern Illinois. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, and I can't. I can't talk about Illinois basketball. Is there a Georgia now. question here? Because it, it, he just, has a couple. Questions. I'm not emotionally. So that's a non-answer. Okay. He says also, are Ole Miss and Missouri wrong for firing their coaches, or is Illinois wrong? for keeping theirs, especially after losing to Fitzy and the Cats. <laughs> Illinois is correct to keep their coach, just to be very clear. Um, I think you could make an argument for... I think Missouri would be better off keeping their coach than Mississippi would be better off keeping their coach. Yeah, I think Barry Odom, if if the stories are true, Barry Odom has played that, and don't hire Derek Dooley as your offense. I mean, honestly, like, I, I know Missouri thinks they're going to get some stud but they're not like yeah i mean missouri is replacement level arkansas and that hurts me to say that because i think they could be better i mean they're in the east so i think that makes it a better job than arkansas well they also are and they have a better opportunity to recruit in yeah i mean look they're fighting illinois for st louis people right right if you're if you're missouri if you're missouri do you try to grow recruit the upper midwest and say Look, I know you can go play at Nebraska. I know you can go play at Missouri, uh, Wisconsin. Come play where the weather's nicer, and you also are on TV a lot more. Yeah, and you can go play against the best players in the best NFL. players and prove yourself to go to the NFL. That's who you look for, and frankly, that's what that's what Arkansas tried to get with Brett with Bert. Um, Bert. And it'd be surprising to me if Missouri doesn't go for that. Uh, Charlie had one follow up question. He says, "Also, it's not about Illinois basketball, is it?" No. He says, also, which is softer, Charmin bath tissue or Scott on a rainy game day? Nice. That's why you didn't see him. Um, I mean, one's better on the tushy. Okay, real quick, real quick. Buy or sell. Some of these are listener suggested. Uh, At Seth Wilson or at Seth Wish, buy or sell. A A team should have to win. Easy. You're knocking the microphone and everything. Tony. What a... A team should have to win its conference to make the college football playoff. Uh, sell. Sell. James Lawson, 87, if, and this is by herself. If Georgia scores a defensive or special teams touchdown, the dogs win on Saturday. Hold. That's far from certain. Hold. They score both. Bye. Okay. This is from Rhino Redhawk, by or sell. Mercedes-Benz Stadium is a cursed spot for all Georgia football, not football, teams. Sell. Sell, man. I'm excited. It, we under That is a good stadium. <laughs> that is a really nice stadium. The good news is it's not going to rain, so it's got to yeah. be there. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And Jake Fromm can hold on to the ball. This, did you see his, his interview this week? It's not, did, he not, did he acknowledge? 
Yeah, he acknowledged. Oh, oh God, I love that. Yeah, absolutely not. He's like, he's like, I know the ball's going to be dry. He actually said that. <laughs> like, good I'm sorry, him, guys. Man. I'm sorry. We were living in blessed times good for where him, your quarterback man. gets to say those things. Good for him. Buy or sell from KRD, Texas. Dogs keep it just close. Tony. Chill, everybody. Easy. Wow, you about gave me a heart attack. It comes through the headphones <laughs> into the microphone. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to give you a three-star review. <laughs> what is it? Where was my... Okay. Uh, dogs keep it... Casey Dillard's question. Dog... Yeah, Casey Dillard. Dogs keep it just close enough to hurt our feelings. I feel like if Georgia loses... We'll get into the predictions. If Georgia loses this game, even if it's close, I don't think you get to have your feelings hurt. 2017 hurt your feelings. 2018, the way that first half went against Alabama hurts your feelings. Losing to a scar tissue to a better team, yeah. Losing to a better team yeah. that is having a special season. I don't think you get to have your feelings hurt. It's frustrating. My feelings are going to be hurt if we get beat by forty. Yeah, then your feelings are hurt. But you play a tough game and they beat you. I don't think this. this um, there's a lot of upside to this game for Georgia. To be honest, like this is not. This is not a everything riding on this game, and if we don't do it, when are we going to do it? Mm-hmm. And I feel like we've seen those seasons for a lot of teams. I don't think Georgia's in that spot. We should think of this as house money. No one will think of it as house money. I do. We should think of it as house money. I do. Buy yourself from Paris Walton. Buy yourself corn dogs. <laughs> Buy. We call them Toronto pups in the Midwest. It's a hot dog on a stick wrapped in fried cornbread. What is not to like? Pronto pups. Buy or sell muffalettas? Muffalettas. What's that? Buy. It is a, a New Orleans-based sandwich that has many types of meats and cheeses with olive tapenade. Ooh, I'm out on olives. Why? Well, you just you you hate God in America. And uh, on a special kind of bread, it's uh, specialized. It came from Central Grocery in New Orleans, and uh, it is amazing. I'm going to sell hard other, on that. One of the reasons I weigh 260 pounds. <laughs> Buy. Okay. <laughs> Buy or sell Georgia Dome as the host of the SEC championship game. Georgia Dome. The well, Georgia Dome. I mean, considering it's no more. Think back. Well, like, like in the history. Well, yeah. I never went to SEC. Championship. I like Mercedes-Benz more. Okay, that oh, was the next I, one. Yeah, so sell Georgia Dome, buy Mercedes-Benz. I love the Georgia Dome for Georgia State games because anytime you get a chance to be in an 85,000-seat stadium that has 4,000 people in it, it's really fun. But... Speaking of Georgia State, so Oconee won their game last week, mm-hmm. and they are playing Sandy Creek in the state quarter, uh, state quad A quarterfinals this Friday no, semifinals. night. Semifinals, semifinals, and uh, if they win, they will play a week from Saturday at Georgia State Stadium at four thirty in the afternoon. Is that the, the Army Navy game? That's that. Day? Uh, it's the day of the Army Navy game against uh, either West Lawrence or Woodward. Woodward, Woodward. Yeah, you're right. They beat Cartersville. Would it be Cartersville? It's so. fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, look, Oconee's uh, this talking about playing with house money. I thought Oconee had a good team, not a great team. They have ramped it up in the playoffs. They played against a very tough Marist team last week. Frankly, manhandled them 17 7. It's a lot of fun. Final one from Elko Dog Buy or Sell Bama is on the decline. I believe we'll see it. I get a text from uh, our friend Matt Adair yeah. uh, literally during the show. Uh, we're all putting together our Alabama trip for next year. Uh-huh. He said, so what do you think? Are we going to see Tua against Fromm in that game? I think oh. you might. I think it's possible. You think Tua stays? Did you see the interview with it that he gave the ESPN today? I did not. He gave the interview to ESPN saying, I really got to be real careful about what decisions I make. They're going to want to see something from me. 
So he's also getting an insurance policy towards further injury, hopefully. You would think. I got to think that, like, I have to say, if to a, there have been people that have bet on themselves for less, if I'm Tua and I know how good I am, I'd be pretty tempted. Right. And uh, the idea that we may see a Tua from Gavin Tuscaloosa yeah, next year. Because this, this had all the makings of being random graduate transfer quarterback X versus Mac Jones. Right. That changes the tenor of this game. Yeah. I think uh, I a month think, ago, a month I ago. think Alabama, particularly if Tua, if Tua comes back, Alabama is going to be the preseason number one. Is Mac going to that game? Is it Aaron? Yeah, I thought he was going to be part of our crew. Oh, okay, cool, we'll awesome. See. We'll see. I'll check with him on yeah, that. Yeah, check with sure. him on that. As I was looking at what Kirby would make if he won the game and made it to the playoffs, none of that's important. He'll make, he'll make a lot of money and bonuses. I did see one thing that stood out, and I wanted your answer on this: his regular car allowance. Is eighteen hundred dollars a month? If you had an eighteen hundred dollar a month car allowance, what kind of car would you drive? I'd drive a Ford F one fifty like Kirby. <laughs> I would not drive a Ford F one fifty. I'd probably get a Range Rover. I like the way those look. I would also not drive a Range Rover. What would I, you drive? Uh, you had an eighteen hundred dollar BMW five series. You just look at the radio and it turns up. Was that what you would <laughs> no, drive? You have to, you have to <laughs> I just I just got one of those cars. That's why Tony's making fun of me. Uh, but I would I would. Uh, Ask me in 10 years when the kids are out and I don't have to put them in the back of the car. Uh-huh. That's the difference. I like where you're going. That's the difference. Like the, the, the get a Miata? Yeah. Oh, yes. I get a Kia Sedona. There we go. That's what I would get. Did you just say Miata? <laughs> I already said I would drive a Range Rover. No. Dude. I would. So, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. 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 I'm not, I'm not getting no truck and no Range Rover. If I, if, if, the, if I don't have to have a place where the kids are in car seats in the back... That opens up a whole whole different world. world of like I like I'm I am not I like I like my car to be fun to drive, but um, yeah. Eighteen hundred bucks. What are you driving, Tony? Now, now? Or yeah, right can, now yeah, on this podcast. Now I'm driving. Um, I am probably driving. Uh, I'm probably driving. I'm probably driving a, something hybrid like a Tesla or something. Okay. I wouldn't want to test. I don't. I don't. I don't like that guy. I don't like that guy either. But uh, I. I like the. I like the ethos, and I like saving the money. Can I? Can I spend the money? But to, you wouldn't have to. You get. You're giving. I mean, eight hundred dollars a month. Money? I mean, could I could pay someone to drive my ass around? I was gonna say. I mean, probably that's what I would do. <laughs> oh my god, that's what I would do. Yeah. Holy shit, that's what I would do. <laughs> oh my god, I'd never use Uber again. Okay, let's go into fun office pools. Sorry, Will. I can't. That's what I said. You're right. Um, on Friday, we'll start. On the Friday game is the Pac-12 championship in Utah. How about some standings? How are we on standings? I'm sick, sorry, bro. Scott, I'm but sick. like this is an ongoing plot line. That's right. That's right. No, my bad. And we will do Georgia. We will yeah. do Army Navy next week, uh, and that will be the last game. Okay. So the leader in the clubhouse through week 15 is MC Rice, that DJ from the 80s. Uh, Took a pretty commanding four-point lead, 645 points. PA Illini dog is in second. I don't want to overstate this. I kind of think Waller choked. You're a choker. You're not wrong. Tony Waller is in sixth place. You're Michelle Kwan. Michelle Kwan is the biggest choker in the history of sports, by the way. Yes. Michelle Kwan also went from 40th to first in three weeks. Where'd you go, Will? Uh, I haven't looked yet. He went backwards. I think I went backwards. Am I in the 40s or am I in the 50s? I was 32, and I've gone back. You were 39. 39, okay. Oh, that's not as much. Yeah, I thought I I had a bad week. And I'm 122. 
Are you? Oh, you're back I, on the I'm, second page. I'm consistent. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Okay. Uh, so Utah at or no versus Oregon at Levi Stadium. I am enough of a skeptic of fun party stories to think that Oregon's going to win this game. Utah's better. Oregon's going to win. It's this game. written down here in this book. Give me Oregon. Yeah. I got Oregon as well. I think Utah is better, but it just feels like the type of they feel like a, a group of five schools still. I would Utah? say that, yeah. but I would say that like I, to me, I always think back. Remember when Utah played Kentucky in the national championship game basketball when Mick Majerus was the coach, and oh, everything wow. felt and they had Van Horn, yeah. and they were so fun. I was like, "Wow, Utah's going to win it!" And then they ran into and a team they that they ran into a team that had like a ton of talent and a ton of actual recruited talent. I, I really, I, I want Utah over Oklahoma if Georgia loses so much. I do not want to see a middling Oklahoma team, but uh, unfortunately, I think they don't even get there. Okay, now we got uh, the group of five schools before we get into the big boys. Uh, La Lafayette at Appalachian State. And that's in Boone. It could be cold or snowy. Who knows? App State by a bunch. App State by big. Uh, Miami of Ohio travels to the... You said that correctly, by the way. Miami of Ohio. Oh. Because Miami... It's Miami, Florida, and then Miami of Ohio. Thank you. What city is that in? Miamisburg. Miamisburg? Mm Mm-hmm. It's a dumb name for a city. Just keep it Miami. Miami's Berg. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, you don't want you don't want snowbirds from Wisconsin moving there. All right, you got the Chippewas or whatever Miami of Ohio's mascot is. I will take Central Michigan. I believe they are the Red Hawks. They are the Red Hawks, and I will say take Central Michigan as well. Okay, uh, UAB at Florida Atlantic or wherever they're going to play this game. By the way, this is the Lane Kiffin gets back into a Power Five conference. Uh, um, game. Good for UAB, by the way. They were going to close down football a few years ago, yeah. and here they are. I'm still taking yeah. Florida Atlanta. Yeah. Lane Kiffin gets the championship. He is so long coveted. <laughs> he did it. Poor, poor Hawaii. They finally make their championship game, and they have to go to Boise to play it against Boise. Yeah, they're going to play in some you know, crappy rhyme and snow on a blue field and lose by 17. <laughs> It's a goal of mine to someday to get to a game in Boise. It hasn't happened yet, but someday's going to Go in August because it gets cold. <laughs> it's kind of like cold. Boise. And a game that was played last week in Memphis yeah, is being played adding, again. What a bummer. Uh, in Memphis. I wanted, I wanted Navy in this game. It would have been a lot more fun if Navy could have snuck into this game. Memphis is going to win again. And they are. And they're going to be the group of five representative. Baylor and Oklahoma and Jerry World? Yes. I think Baylor's going to... Get a lead and keep it this time. That would be amazing. I think <laughs> Oklahoma is going to fall behind and then come back and win, and it will be annoying, and they're going to make – we'll see. But I find this Oklahoma team really uninspiring in a way that is kind of a bummer because you want – Oklahoma is supposed to be fun. This doesn't feel like a fun Oklahoma team. So I, this is not one I want to see in the playoff, but I unfortunately I do think they will. I, uh, Baylor is a uh, – a football program that perhaps has a little bit more reckoning uh, that they should be dealing with than they are not against Matt Rule, who has had nothing to do with that, but in the same way that it was hard to root for Penn State for a while, uh, Baylor maybe should not be able to uh, have that. But um, I don't want to move for Oklahoma, but I think they win. Which is why it pains me to say I think Baylor wins. I agree. Ohio State at Wisconsin or in via Indiana. Yeah, I said Lucas yeah. Oil. Yeah. yeah, it's a dumb stadium name. 
It's, 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 it's an awesome stadium. It's a nice stadium. It's in a great downtown area. It is. Cool. Yeah. National Championship games there, I think, in two or three two years. Two years. Even better. And I saw the I saw the Final Four there. I like the idea of Georgia winning, Georgia winning its National Championship in the Midwest, an hour and a half from my hometown. Oh, my gosh. My wife would not. Oh, I would yeah, be, a be very Because we watched, we watched Butler lose the National Championship basketball game there. Um, the show was supposed to it fall. Was, it was so bitter. The show was supposed um, to fall. Ohio, you got, Ohio State wins by all the points. Oh, yeah. Big time. I agree. Virginia <clears throat> and Bryce Perkins and Bronco Mendenhall. They're going to shock the world. I agree. And score 17 points. <laughs> I agree. I would love to have this be interesting. Oh, my God. If they you know, beat Clemson. Don't you want them to slap holy, Dabo across oh the face? Oh, my God. Auburn, so nice. Auburn Clemson welcome, in the Orange Bowl? Welcome, everyone. Here's the thing. Welcome to Dabo hating land. I had no beef versus Dabo ever. Oh, I like the guy. I oh, kind of rooted dude, for him. No, I, no. I was I was he kind of on man. I was kind of on the ring gate side of him for a while. No, but that was my opinion. No, you're it's welcome. It's changed. Have an opinion. It's changed after hearing him whine and cry, and then really looking at their schedule. It's a trash schedule, and they will be out if they lose this game. And I hope Virginia wins. And it I think was they really amazing win. to watch Reese Davis mock him on the ranking. That show. would have been amazing. Like it was like that's I, they actually Look, mocked him. Uh, when they announced his team third, to me that should if Davos when he had any self awareness. He's third now. Was that he's third? They're third. They're third. Oh boy! Yeah. Oh, that's oh, so much disrespect. Um, like, it was fun. Like imagine that you coach your team to see where they are in the rankings, and then they are announced third, and all you do is get mocked by the people, and he deserves every bit of it. Look, we can live in a world where we can respect what Davo came from, how he. Sure. How his childhood was And tough. I think that's why I've always been Team Dabo. Right, right. And also, there's also a world where he is just a lot to deal with. <laughs> Clemson still wins. <laughs> All right. And uh, 4 o'clock Saturday, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The roof will be closed, I assume. You're going to be there. Yeah, so they'll close it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'll stop doing that, I promise. That's fine. You can keep doing In it. In April. It's going to be a very lovely day from all accounts. It's Georgia is a seven-and-a-half-point underdog, according to front office pools. It may go up. It may go up. It may go up. It may go up. And, um, and yeah, LSU is the prohibitive favorite. We've seen this before. We've seen this in past SEC championship games. I'm sure Auburn was favored, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Alabama was favored last year. I tried to think. My, in fact, Jack, I think, asked me this week. He was like, Dad, have you ever picked against Georgia on your preview shows in the no, past the five no. years? I don't you ever have. No. And I told him, I was like, I don't think I have because no. I would have remembered that. And I think that that might change today because, you know, you got to be a realist in this where LSU has all of the house money. They're going to be in the championship, the college football championship. Or, I'm sorry. They're going to be in the college football playoff. They've got the offense. They've got the golden boy, Macaulay Culkin, future Heisman Trophy winner. they got everything going. It's almost like they're just a steamroller running downhill. Georgia, on the other hand, I was there last week. It's just like you're gnashing your teeth. Even that first score, like I said earlier in the podcast, Rodrigo had to, they had to settle for a field goal. And then it got close. I mean, they were up by 10 at halftime. Sure, they pulled away from Tech. It's just been that kind of year where you're just – Wanted to pull your hair out at times with Georgia. However, in 2005, Georgia was also an underdog versus LSU in the SEC championship game. And you saw Tim Jennings step up with a pick six to kind of seal the deal. You saw Brian McClendon, a wide receiver, stretch out and block a punt 
in that game. Those are two things that haven't really happened this year. We haven't had a pick six, yeah. and we haven't had a block punt. Or those anything. would be exciting plays. Those would be exciting plays. <laughs> that combined with DJ Shockley turning it loose, like I said, and hitting Sean Bailey on, on two bombs early in the game, I think Georgia somehow pulls it out. Blah, I'm not going to pick you, against Georgia. Good for you, man. I don't even know what the score is going to be. I don't care what the score is going to be. I'm going to throw out something like 29 to 27. I don't know how you get to that. And it's going to be... Walk-off safety. That, that, that'll that work. It's going to be crazy that last two or three minutes. I'll need new boxers. Because Georgia's going to be the one ahead. Maybe LSU scores. Maybe they have to play catch-up with some two-point conversions or something. Georgia finds a way. We're going to walk out of there just going like, what just happened? And holy crap. Tony will say a lot of lot worse things. But it's, just, it's going to be amazing. And if not, I really think that you should take the approach that Will and Tony were describing earlier in this podcast and realize just everything that's, that we've gone through this season. I, I hope you read Will's piece that's going to be on. Find or is your on, joy. Find your joy. In I hope game. you read it. It's going to be on Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast, WSLSpodcast.com. Go read it. Dogs win 29-27. All right. Well, after uh, making the case for joy and excitement, which for, just to implore everyone, listen, I'm going to be out there. I've got my tickets. I'm not sure we haven't figured out our tailgate situation yet, but um, um, it is a, it's going to be a beautiful day. It's supposed to be a very nice day in Atlanta. And it's, it wasn't last year. Let's not forget. Oh, that was a miserable weather. It was like year. it was all year this year. Yeah. And it's, I, can't, I mean, I've had my hotel room for a year, man. Like this is, this is a highlight of my year and it is, should not be forgotten how cool it is that Georgia has gone two, three straight SEC championship games and will be favored to do a fourth. Uh, it's a privilege and an honor to be able to have that. I think everything has to go perfect for Georgia to hang, to be honest. I, um, I know they, that uh, maybe Simmons says they've been holding a, a bunch of stuff back. Uh, the thing about holding stuff back, though, is eventually you have to like practice it against live humans, and I'm not sure they've actually done that. Um, I don't see a way. I know the Georgia defense is great. If, listen, if Georgia keeps them under 24 points, like they better win. Like, yeah. and and I just I'm not sure they can. And more to the point, I'm not sure Georgia can, even with LSU's defense, which for the record has best game last week. I, I, I will be convinced that Georgia will not do the, no, that's okay. We'll run the ball and we'll control the pace and the way they've won games all year. Not once have they had a game. Even when I was making the jokes about the air raid games at the beginning of the year, the whole point of that was, hey, you can win games however you this game however you want to how about you win it in the fun way because you may need that later and they haven't done that we have not seen any sorts of offensive explosion or even any sort of offensive mindset that would lead to an explosion uh, anytime this year and I think it's going to be required in this game uh, I think I think Fromm is going to be good I think we may see the best from that we've seen all year. I just don't know if it's enough. I will say 
Uh, I can see Georgia hanging into the second quarter and then something weird happens or maybe Georgia gets too conservative and LSU isn't. And if LSU has like a 10-point lead in the halftime, I don't see how Georgia comes back. I am taking LSU 41, Georgia 27. So one of the things I keep coming back to is explosive plays because they have made their entire, they being LSU, have made their entire season off of explosive plays. I mean, it's not, I mean, explosive offensive plays, they third the nation at 17, almost 18% of their plays are explosive. It's kind of incredible, guys. That means nearly one out of every five offensive plays goes for 10 plus yards. Oof, that's really good. The good news is, is that Georgia's pushing 14%, 30-something mm-hmm. in, in the nation. The bad news is it's been several weeks since that's been the case. Um, defensively, Georgia's first in the nation. They are holding offenses to a shade under 7% of all their plays being explosive plays. Uh, LSU, however, is 76th in the nation, um, uh, almost 13%. So comparable to what Georgia's doing offensively. Just for basis of comparison, uh, Alabama and Florida are in the mid-30s in the um, 10% range. Every time I think about this, I I, I keep coming back to watching LSU being able to move the ball in new and different ways. I think this is a game where Georgia actually tells Jake, go out there and let it rip. Who cares if you throw interceptions? It doesn't matter. We have we have to win the game to accomplish our goals. So if we don't win the game, it doesn't really matter to us if you throw interceptions because we don't think we can win unless you go out there and let it rip. For what it's worth, I think we do. I think we hold um, LSU to a relatively low number of points. When you look at the points uh, that a lot of people are predicting, will you just predict, predict above 40 points? I don't think they get there. The bad news is, is I just don't think we're able to score as many points as they do. We hold them under 24 points, we win. It's that simple. No, no question. Frankly, we hold them under 30 points, we win. I think we'll score um, close to 30 points. When you sit down and look and try to figure out what's going to happen in this game, um, Georgia, you can't, it's hard to predict special teams and defensive scores. We do what Auburn did last week and score two defensive touchdowns, we win. It's just that simple. But you can't predict that. You can't count on that. Um, If you look at straight offense versus straight defense, LSU is just a little better. That's the way it is. Um, I will say LSU wins this football game 33-28. to And I will – look, you can at me all you want if Georgia wins. Please at me all you want because I will not be disappointed. I will walk into that beautiful night and uh, no, in Atlanta. You should get really mad and say, "Listen, all these haters don't appreciate mm-hmm. me." Like, no, <laughs> love it, man. Who you wants, bring it who on. Wants to be right. You bring it on. You bring it on because my ass is going to Phoenix or my ass is going to Atlanta, and I don't really don't care. Scott, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're, you're, you're holding the fort here. You will get all a the believer, credit. A believer. You will get all the credit, man. You will get all the credit. And listen, maybe Swift's 100%. And we get, this turns into something different. But uh, we haven't seen it yet. 
Yeah, look, if not if, Swift, I if mean, Georgia, if Georgia, like, if Georgia plays the football game, and let, let me, let me, I guess we can close on this. If Georgia plays the football game, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's what, eleven eleven forty five. If if Georgia plays the football game that that we saw in the second half against Tennessee, or we saw in spurts against a lot of games over the last five or six games, five or six, six like we we didn't bring this up, but um, apparently there was some. The, the coaches didn't even talk at halftime at the Georgia Tech game. The leaders finally stepped up and said, what are we doing here? Um, if we put together a complete game defensively and a complete the game offensively, Georgia beats LSU. And it doesn't really matter what the score is. We beat them. It's just that simple. The problem I see is we haven't seen it yet. We just haven't seen it yet, and it's hard to count on. Um, I think this game is going to be far more interesting Look, it's a CBS game, so it's obvious it's going to be interesting, but it's going to be far more interesting that people are giving us credit for. I just can't see us beating them. 2019 SEC game MVP, George Pickens. If that happens, man, the second half is incredible. <laughs> I love that dude so much, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Fourth kid, George. So, hey, it's here. We're going to be out there. It's gonna be, I can't wait. Uh, this is this is a highlight of the year, and we should not underappreciate how awesome it is. Three in a row, y'all. Yeah, the, you get to go to this row. game and get to be a part of it. All right, good luck. Uh, uh, Godspeed to all of you. Uh, we'll see you on the other side. We'll see you on the other side, man. Go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. I think all three of us will be at the game on Saturday. Yeah, we will. So if you spot one of us, definitely make sure to say hello. And we'll also be tweeting and retweeting during the game so you can follow our show or our handle at WSLS Podcast. So, yeah, just get on Interactive. Maybe even give us a follow on Instagram as well. Same handle, at WSLS Podcast. So that's it. Make sure you go and read Will's article that he spoke about on the show. And we'll see you on campus sometime soon. But first, we'll see you in Atlanta this coming Saturday for the 2019 SEC Championship game. And have a great rest of your week. And as always... Go dogs.